What's up, everybody, and welcome to Anime Baby, where we always go beyond. I'm your host, Quirkless Nerd Mikey, and joining with me, as always, is... The smile that shines through the night. The one smile that is always there for you when you are in your time of need. Ryan. And after going through the crap-o-rama that was Black Clover Season 1, I feel it's time to get back to talking about good anime on this show. Yes, please cleanse my palate. And not just the good anime but an incredible anime, and arguably one of the best shounens in recent history. I'm of course referring to My Hero Academia Season 1. But before we get into that, let's get you up to speed. My Hero Academia is based on a manga of the same name written by Kohei Horikoshi. It was originally a one-shot that he did back in 2008 for Akamaru Jump before he reworked it into the My Hero we know today. And then that began in Weekly Shonen Jump in 2014 and is still going to this very day. I uh, should also note that other than My Hero, Horikoshi did other one-shot mangas in the mid to late aughts and did some full-length series for Shueisha in 2010 and 2012 with Omaga Doki Zoo and Barrage. And I should also mention that uh, Horikoshi is definitely one of the more young rising stars in the world of shonen manga, one of the young bucks, so to say. Oh yeah, he's, oh yeah, he's done a really good job of like rising up from what he's been doing before. Yeah, and only at age 32 currently, which means he was like in his late 20s when he wrote My Hero initially. Yeah, he's relatively young, like, I mean, compared to all the other old-timers. Yeah, like, look at Ichiro Oda, who did, who does One Piece, he's currently 44 at the time of this recording, or Yoshihiro Togashi, who did Yu Yu Hakusho, and Hunter Hunter, who's 52, and uh, Masashi Kishimoto, who's also 44. They've been going on for so long, it's hard to believe they're only in their, like, mid-40s or, like, early 50s. Yeah, you think, like, at least for those guys, you think they'd be senior citizens or something right now. I know, right? Like, they're just, like, drawn manga with, like, I don't know, like, a crutch or something <laughs> around their hands just to keep it propped up. I can imagine Oda, like, going to the government and getting, like, uh, benefit checks for being retired <laughs> legally. <laughs> All goes towards, like, just pleasing his editor. <laughs> <laughs> He's like Ned Flanders in that one episode of The Simpsons. Uh, actually, I'm 60. <laughs> wow, you don't look a day over 30. <laughs> and uh, since I brought up Oda and Kishimoto, uh, some of Horikoshi's favorite manga include One Piece and Naruto. Kind of wondering how he feels about Bort since he's a big Naruto fan. <laughs> Does he love it? Does he hate it? Who knows? Oh, who knows? He's probably really appreciative for it. Oh, yeah. And on top of those manga, he's also a huge fan of American superhero comics, specifically the stuff from Marvel. And with this series we're going to get into, it uh, It really shows that he's a big fan of those comics. So how did you first discover My Hero Academia? 
Mm, I think it was the anime, like, for many people. Like, I think the anime just uh, really stuck in people's minds when it came around, and that's how I first found out about it. It wasn't until after I watched, I think, like, the first season that I believe that I got into the manga, because, like, as soon as I as soon as soon I wrapped that up, I was just like, oh god, I gotta check this out. So I just immediately plugged into the manga, and now I'm currently all caught up completely with it. Like, as soon as the season ends, you're just like, just hook it to my veins! <laughs> I needed it that bad. You didn't want to wait. Well, like, he was, he was writing such cool stuff afterwards, and I'm just like, screw this, I gotta be in the know here. <laughs> as for me it's uh the same thing the uh the anime is what uh, really uh, got me going though uh when i first heard of it i didn't get into it just yet i saw it and i thought okay this looks pretty cool but uh, I'll, I'll wait a bit and uh, at the time funimation was uh doing their simul dub of it and uh it was one of their like fastest turnarounds for simul dubs like it was almost like a week after each uh japanese subtitled episode so they were like really close together and i thought yeah, you know what, since the dub's here, I might as well, like, jump right into it, and it just completely won me over as soon as I saw it. And also, uh, just to go back to the manga, it was, uh, picked up by Viz Media and the English version of Shonen Jump back in 2016, and then that's when it would receive its, uh, anime adaptation, so it kinda, kinda stars aligning here. Manga gets picked up in the States, and then the anime also gets picked up in the States. And the anime is produced by the legendary Studio Bones, which brought us such classics in the past as Cowboy Bebop, Space Dandy, Full Metal Alchemist, Mob Psycho 100, Eureka 7, Dragon Pilot, Noragami, Soul Leader, and of course, Show by Rock. Jesus! Like, this, it's it's not until you look at that entire roster from before that you realize that they really were perfect for My Hero Academia. Looking at this list, it's like, God, this is a real murderer's row of, like, anime right here. Like, you know the show's in good hands with Studio Bones. Oh, hell yeah. And the anime is directed by Kenji Nagasaki, who, looking through his uh, previous works, mostly did uh, storyboards and episode directings up until he did uh, My Hero. And the only other uh, directorial job he did was, uh, I believe, Gundam Build Fighters, I believe. Hmm, okay. As for the English dub side of things, the anime is licensed by Funimation initially for their spring 2016 simuldub season, with simuldub episodes having the fastest turnaround since Space Dandy being released a week after the Japanese release. As uh, Funimation's license with My Hero would continue, the turnaround would be even quicker. Like, uh, currently, with this past season, we had simuldubs the same day as the Japanese versions, even airing, even being uploaded before the Japanese versions got up on uh, Crunchyroll. God, the hype for the series cannot be denied. It's it's just like, it feels like Funimation looked at this and thought, oh my god, we caught lightning in a bottle. This is like the biggest series we've had since Dragon Ball. I've been amazed that like the, the thunder for the series has not stopped whatsoever. It hasn't slowed down at all. No, it's just still like, like, you rolling. Could, like when it came to like uh, Attack on Titan, you could kind of sense people were kind of coming down a little bit, you know? Yeah, that hiatus didn't help either. Right, like the hiatus didn't help some some people. So like, like fervor for that series kind of died down. But God, like my hero is just tunneling forward. Yeah, it's just moving right along. Also, this series would make its uh, long-awaited arrival on Toonami in 2018, and at the time of this recording, they're on their way to uh, airing Season 3. Oh, excellent. So, the English dub is directed by Colleen Clinkenbeard with scripts by Jeremy Kratz. So, with all that out of the way, we're talking Season 1 of My Hero Academia. So, without further ado, let's start the show. At, actually, let's go beyond. Oh... Go beyond plus ultra. <laughs> That's how we do things. Shizuke Taga, Shimiko Muryo, then, Yuki will come at that, go then, Dodgy, Joko Kaida, 
First thing I want to talk about, of course, is the opening uh, for this se- season. It's uh, the song is called "The Day" by Porno Graffiti. Uh, what do you think of the opening this season? <laughs> I'm sorry. What was that name again? Porno Graffiti. <laughs> Could yes. you repeat that one more time? Porno Graffiti. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I got it out of my system. <laughs> but holy crap, can like th- this this opening man, like it gets you so hyped for the series. It really does. Holy shit, this opening. Before you even know entirely what this series is about, you've got like it instills these feelings of like passing on like a power to the next generation of being inspired, of being a hero. God, this this it's it's it sells this series. And the song itself like just that opening riff is just enough to get me hyped that, uh, that whole, uh, is just like, ah, oh, yeah, here we go, my hero's time. Gets time. you pumped up, makes you want to wear a costume and fight crime. And just the visuals of, like, all the heroes flying across the screen, you get, like, just battles with, like, villains and monsters as the camera just whips around all the characters, and it, it just looks so amazing. Well, it's, it's your first taste of the show's animation, too, so they really had to make a good first impression with it, and goddamn if they made a good first impression. Yeah, uh, do you remember back when this was airing, uh, the simulcast was airing, they did that thing where in certain moments where the action got really intense, they kind of dimmed the screen a bit, do you remember that? A little bit, yeah. I do kind of remember that. Yeah, thanks. I think that's a little thanks to the whole, uh... Electric Soldier Porygon incident where, like, any scene that has, like, a lot of flashing movements on there, you gotta have to dim the screen a bit. (laughs) Japan is just so apprehensive towards anything that might cause a seizure these days. Thanks a lot, Pikachu. Hey, well, you know, I'm thankful that, like, you know, if I'm watching anime, I probably won't get a seizure. (laughs) (laughs) But, I don't know, every now and then you can maybe use some flashing lights in your life. Yeah, and luckily for, like, the DVD release and the Toonami broadcast, they got rid of the little uh, tinting. Mmm, okay. So yeah, great opening. Much better than the fucking openings we had with Black Clover. Oof, yeah, it's it's a major step up here. It's not, guess who is back? <laughs> Episode 1, Izuku Midoriya Origin. Kick off with the introduction to the world and the concept of quirks, where it talks about how in the past it's all started with a baby uh, manifesting a superpower which they call a quirk and then from then on about 80% of the population would experience these quirks over over the years and then eventually uh, these superpowered humans would then become superheroes that would like fight crime and take down evil just like you would see in any comic book yeah very simple setup i will admit i was a little bit surprised by just how mundane compared to other series this opening is like it it sounds very typical for shonen i guess <laughs> 
But um, I guess it's a testament that any shonen out there can really get some mileage out of a concept if it's just, like, imagined well and if it's nurtured over time. So introducing our main protagonist, Izuku Midoriya, played here by Justin Briner, who is a huge fan of heroes, a fanboy, if you will. And uh, as he's walking to school, taking place in the town of, I shit you not, Tatooine, a wretched hive of scum and villainy, no doubt. Well, from our opening, you would think so. <laughs> but I just love how... <laughs> Like, this isn't the only location that has a name of a planet from Star Wars. Like, I'm pretty sure later on we they go to a city called Dagobah. Horikoshi is such a big Star Wars fan. <laughs> he really is, and it shows. Well, he made fan art, actually. No, he made... I think he made official art for, like, The Last Jedi in Japan, didn't he? Really? I think so. I think he... I, think he did, he, I know he actually drew, like, artwork of The Last Jedi. Oh, wow. A sort of poster. That's really cool. I know! Like, he's actually drawing, like, one of his favorite works now? Yeah, it's just... He's Rocky probably, bastard! He's probably like, wow, I've made all the right decisions in life. Like, no, this can't get any better than this. So, we have a supervillain here causing a lot of hoopla in town. Uh, the charges, assault, robbery, and illegal use of powers during rush hour traffic. That last one will especially get you. <laughs> and I love how the citizens treat this uh, villain attack as kind of more of an inconvenience than a huge threat. Like, you have guys on their cell phones going like, Yeah, it's another villain, I'm gonna be late for work again. <laughs> like, it's just a car pile up on the highway. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I'm sorry, but this serial murderer right here, he's just, he's just causing me all sorts of trouble. Man, my boss is really gonna kill me. <laughs> Smith, why are you late for work today again? Oh, you, it's the craziest thing. A supervillain attacked... The train station today, Ugh, again with these supervillains. Just God. <laughs> can't they pick a better time to like do villainy? <laughs> and so, as this villain is attacking, Izuku here is just uh, marveling at, at all the heroes trying to take him down. And specifically, we get one hero, Kamui Woods, a very wood-based, nature-based hero, attempting to uh, take down the villain once and for all until he's upstaged by Mount Lady, attack of the fifty-foot woman right here. <laughs> I love that after uh, she takes down the villain, like, uh, all, like, everyone in the crowd just starts, like, ta snapping pictures of her going, money shot, money shot, money shot, money shot. Oh, that's what they were saying? God, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> that's a porn term. <laughs> I thought the dirtiness only ended with porno graffiti, but now we have this. <laughs> So, young Izuku here, he wants to be a hero too, and he wants to also attend the best hero school in the country, UA High School. Only problem is... He doesn't have a quirk. As if you remember, 80% of the population has quirks, while only 20% doesn't, and he's part of that 20%, unfortunately. Sadly due to, like, a weird defect in, like, his toe as well. Yeah, we have a scene later where a doctor says that uh, you can figure out who can manifest a quirk by looking at the uh, joints in their pinky toe. Like, if they have, what was it, two joints in their toes, then they can have a quirk. If they have less than that, then it's no quirk. It's it's such a bad roll of the dice. Too. It's it's so insignificant, but I love that it goes that way that far. You I know? love I love how Horikoshi even like there's like a kayfabe reasoning to like here to like having superpowers. Just like a small little uh, a human defect can like uh, have can make superpowers. I think that makes it burn all the more too that it's so insignificant. Yeah, it's just so tiny. But it but it just crushes poor Midoriya's dream. And also, uh, we are introduced here to uh, Izuku's classmate and childhood friend-turned-rival, Katsuki Bakugo, played here by, or boy, Clifford Chapin. Top student in class and top hero prospect. He, too, wants to attend UA, yet he has the best chance out of everyone in class. Thoughts on Bakugo here? <laughs> I think I, like many people, thought he was an asshole at first. <laughs> 
I don't know. It, it it takes a long time. It takes some time, I believe, to warm up to Bakugo after a while. But I, I would say it, it didn't take until season two for me to really warm up to him, you know? But mm. there's still something kind of likable to his cockiness, I can't deny. He's just one of those assholes that are just kind of... You just want to see... You just love the way how he operates. You just can't get... You just get entertained by it. It's like Asuka from Evangelion. You're an absolute dick, but... I can't help but keep looking at you. And of course, the fan reactions to Bakugo are as divisive as you can get without your name being either John Cena or Roman Reigns. <laughs> I can imagine with that stellar award-winning personality of his. I can just imagine like fans at like a convention or whatever and they see like a picture of Bakugo. One half of the crowd goes, let's go Bakugo, Bakugo sucks. Let's go Bakugo, Bakugo sucks. <laughs> So, uh, meanwhile, after school, a slime monster robs a store, but have no fear, for out of the shadows, he is here. Ooh, and who is here? The one and only symbol of justice, All Might, played by Christopher Sabat. All the applause comes. <laughs> like, I just love, you see just, like, this very tiny little man in the shadow of the screen behind a crowd of, uh, citizens watching as this, uh, villain is getting away and then all of a sudden he hulks up and he's like fear not citizens for i am here and they're like yeah oh my god the day is saved <laughs> oh but meanwhile back at school bakugo picks on izuku while referring to to him by the nickname deku and we also get a good look at his, at his quirk as he can produce explosions from the palm of his hands and he uses it to destroy the uh notebook that deku keeps uh, all his hero notes in and he tosses it out the window Despite, the, despite his power being explosions, surprisingly, he doesn't, like, kill people with it. <laughs> no, it's, he's, he's actually not as reckless as you would think with it. No, it's, I, I don't know, like, I always, I, the more I watch the series, the more I figure it's sort of like a Superman thing, where, like, he's knowingly holding back with his blast or something. Oh, yeah, right. Like, he could actually really fuck you up with them if he wanted, but he knows how to control his blasts just right, so they're just concussive and they just knock you out. Yeah, like, uh, here, he just, like, to destroy the notebook, he just, like, has a little bit of sparks, but in, like, later in the series, in, like, bigger battles, you can see that he can produce huge explosions he can, at will. He can blow shit up, and he can fuck shit up. So, before he, uh, leaves after picking on poor Deku here, he, uh, gives this little line here that's actually pretty dark when, when you think about it, where he, uh, talks about Deku not having a quirk, and he says, Hey, pray you'll be a hero in your next life and take a swan dive off the roof of the building. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. Christ, dude. That's not, that's kind of re that's kind of a real thing in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> a suicide problem. Like fucking hell, Bakugo. So we have a little flashback here to a uh, little baby Deku, played here by Laura Woodhull, with his mom, Inko Midoriya, played here by Jessica Kavanaugh. And he looks up to the number one hero, All Might, by watching a little video of All Might's very first appearance where he saved a... Uh, bunch of citizens from a burning bus and he, and this is like his favorite video to watch like he always watches this video like he runs up to his mom and says mom i want to watch this video bobs his head back and forth like it's just a maniac a very gifable bob of the head it's like it's like the most like whenever i think like modern kids i always think that i always think that like <laughs> repeated gif of midoriya in front of a laptop just getting so hyped for the next video they're gonna watch and as he's watching this video, he's just like, man, All Might's the coolest ever. One day when I get my quirk, I'm going to be a hero just like him. But unfortunately, we have that aforementioned scene with the doctor where he cannot manifest a quirk. Yeah, sorry, kid. You don't have this one joint in your foot. Life's a bitch. Tough shit, kid. <laughs> 
And it's just the saddest thing ever, because, like, after that uh, doctor's meeting, we see him alone in his room in the dark, still watching that video of All Might, and you can see Deku's mom watching him, and then he turns around and goes, like, just pointing at the screen, tears in his eyes, just like, can I be just, can I still be like him? And then his mom just, like, rushes to him and just says, I'm sorry, I wish you were better. I wish, I wish things were different. And it's, it's so heartbreaking. Oh, yeah. It's that big moment of empathy for... Midoriya here. So back to modern day as Deku runs into the slime monster, but before the monster kills Deku, he is saved by a Texas smash from All Might, popping out of the uh, sewers following the slime monster and then just absolutely obliterates that slime monster. He didn't even touch him, he just punched the air in front of him and the force was enough to obliterate that slime monster. The first thing I was attracted to was the fact that All Might names his attacks after U.S. states. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got, like, a Texas smash, a Delaware smash. Detroit smash. Detroit smash. And, yeah, and U.S. cities, too, and stuff. Uh, that just that, that just kills me. That's all American right there. <laughs> I like to imagine if he ever wants to, like, do something really, like, insignificant, he, like, scales down the city. <laughs> like, if he ever wants, to, like, if he's, like, ever having trouble trying to open up, like, a Coke bottle or something, he's just, like, he just kind of looks around real quick, hulks out into, like, his All Might form, and he's all, like, <laughs> Winnipeg smash and he just like flicks it right off. He's got a he's got a smash for just about everything he wants to do in life. <laughs> if he ever has like an unresponsive button on his remote control that's <laughs> just not working properly because he's not pressing it hard enough, <laughs> goes into all might mode. <laughs> and then he and then he's just, and then he's just like he's just like Honolulu smash. <laughs> <laughs> Flicks his TV on. It's great. That's the life of All Might right there. That's how the symbol of peace lives his every day. <laughs> and of course, I gotta talk about the animation in the show. It's fucking gorgeous. Oh, it's incredible. Just, I just, this is like eye sex. Just watching the show, just like, oh my god, it's just coming at you all, o all over the place. It's a level of quality you don't expect from a shonen, too. Yeah, like, you look at a lot of the more popular shonens, and they're all done by, like, say, Toei or Studio Perot, who are, like, doing this week to week, years on end. Yeah, they're all studios who have to keep a consistent work schedule and sacrifice work, too. I mean, even even a show like One Piece has suffered from that, sadly. Oh, yeah, especially during the Dressrosa anime arc. Right, right. But, um, no, uh, I'm, I'm surprised with the level of quality that's kept up with My Hero. Yeah, it also helps that this is, like, one season a year, and then they take a break, and then they come back. Yeah, they've got a really good schedule going with it, too. They know just how long to, uh, to really take before they go on to the next season. Everything is planned out very well with the series. Then again, maybe Bones just realizes, like, guys, we've got a really good moneymaker right here. We cannot mess this up. We gotta be, like, on this every year when we say it's gonna come out, it's gonna come out, and we're gonna work hard on every individual season. Everything is just playing down to the T with them. And they just give the series all the money, give, like, whatever Bones' budget, just give him all of it and then some. Right, Make right. the show look as pretty as possible. Yeah, definitely. So after the monster is defeated and uh, All Might wakes up Deku by repeatedly slapping his face, I just I just love that visual there. Deku wakes up and he just marks out to All Might and he's like, oh man, oh man, All Might's right in front of me. Well, hold on, wait, it's just right here. Let me get my notebook so you can autograph it. And then he opens up to the middle page and All Might already autographed his notebook when he was passed out. <laughs> Hey, All Might's gotta know this stuff, you know, he's not the number one hero for nothing. And then he just starts bowing repetitively and saying, like, I will treasure this forever, this will be a family heirloom. <laughs> 
So uh, All Might bids Deku farewell and leaps into the air with the villain in tow to take him to the police. But uh, ah, Deku grabs onto him as he as he flies up into the air because he needs to ask him something. And great back and forth here as uh, All Might's trying to tell Deku to get off him while they're still in midair. And then Deku says, we're flying. If I let go, I'll die. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, All Might, that's kind of good to remember. <laughs> Aren't you a trained first responder, for Christ's sake? <laughs> As we see of, like, hero training later on, you kind of need to be. Right. <laughs> but all of a sudden, All Might starts to uh, bleed from his mouth. Shit. So they land on a roof, and before All Might leaves again, Deku asks him if it is possible for someone like Tim, without a quirk, to be a hero. Could he be someone like All Might? And this encounter right here is what changes Deku's future forever. Which brings us to episode 2, what it takes to be a hero. So let's hear All Might's answer, but first he... shrinks? Like, he shrinks like Bane at the end of Batman and Robin. Yeah, he's looking very gangly now. Yeah, this is uh, All Might's true form, a very skinny, lanky, bony, not smiling, and has a... and very sunken in eyes, who, which I'll call... which I'll dub him Small Might. And... God, do I love his design... like, I don't know... I don't know which design I love more, All Might's design or, like, his, like, depowered design. They're both really good. I don't know. I, th I guess I just f feel so much attachment to his depowered state because it's such a unique look, that, like, kind of triangular face, the gangly look. He looks very malnourished, you know? It's also very down-to-earth, like, All Might in this form, whereas, like, in his hero form, he's, like, trying to keep up uh, impressions. Like, you know, he's the superhero. He's got to, like, be strong and tough and smile a lot. Whereas in this form, this is, like, this is who he really is. Mm-hmm. I also love the, I also love the detail that when, whenever he's in like All Might, he's got like heavy silhouettes around his body. You know, his eyes are always in silhouette. And yet, when he like goes into his depowered state, his eye like the the shadows still stuck stick around his eye, and it looks and he looks all like sunken and like diseased and stuff. Yeah, it's really clever character design there. I also love how like how his mouth works. Like he the the shape of his face in his powered down form is like very like an upside down triangle in his mouth, especially where you just see his teeth and you don't see his lips or anything. He kind of looks a bit like a up it. Yeah, it's 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 a weird design, but it, it's pulled off so damn well. And also, the best thing about this, like the switch between powered up and depowered, is how Chris Sabat changes his performance. Whereas, like I like to compare like a superhero All Might form to like say a performance similar to how he did uh, Armstrong in Full Metal Alchemist. Whereas his powered down form, where he's like a lot more slower and like more deeper voice, he's kind of like it's kind of like Zoro from One Piece. Right. Right. So, with, all, with the power of All Might's quirk, he's able to transform into the hulking All Might we all know and love. And uh, he compares this by uh, using a comparison where, like, he's kind of like a guy at the pool who sucks in his gut and puffs out his chest. Like, that's how that's how he does his uh, All Might form. <laughs> Great analogy. <laughs> he goes on to tell Deku how he's not really the smiling, fearless hero that he's known to the public. He's littered with injuries, and specifically one that he's gotten from a fight that isn't well known. And because of that, he's the man that stands before Deku today. Mm -hmm. And also he mentions that because of these injuries, he can only retain this form for at least three hours a day. He tells Deku that, unfortunately, without a quirk, he can't be a hero. Like He says that even with a quirk, he's just barely hanging on being a hero. So when you don't have one, then what chance do you have? Yeah, just pour it. Sorry, kid, you're shit out of luck. <laughs> take, <laughs> it from, take it from Papa All Might here. Yeah, maybe it's not all bad. He can probably be like a police officer or a doctor or something like that. But to be fair, he could do that. He could, but where's the fun in that? <laughs> yeah, you'd be like a Japanese cop, too, where you're not really expected to use your gun very much. No. So All Might leaves Deku alone, but he realizes that the slime villain is missing. 
See, he had him in uh, little bottles of pop earlier, and then uh, as they were flying in the air, it would appear that he dropped them. So, where did he land? Well, let's find out. Meanwhile, at the shopping district, the slime villain is still stuck in that pop bottle, and it's revealed that he landed in an alleyway that uh, just so happens to be the same alleyway that Bakugo and a couple of his friends are walking by. And then Bakugo kicks the bottle unknowingly and then releases the baddie who decides to use Bakugo for his evil scheme. Because he, me he mentions earlier that he needs to like have like a bit of a skin suit, someone he can control so that he can cause all kinds of destruction. That's gruesome. That is. So all hell breaks loose as Slimey here takes control of Bakugo and just uses his quirk to cause all kinds of destruction. Like they wreck this shopping district right here, just forcing Bakugo to use his explosion quirk. And none of the heroes can get close to the villain because they have they don't have the right quirks, and even the heroes that do have the right quirks, they're too busy putting out the fires and trying to get citizens to safety, so so things are all going to hell here. You'd think a hero like Kamui Woods, whose arms are made of wood, would maybe look at all this fire that's being caused everywhere by the explosions and think, wow, maybe I should get out of here. I'm really <laughs> out of my element here. Uh, maybe this would be a good time to take that vacation I've always been wanting. <laughs> And on top of all this, All Might is still powered down, like he already used up his three hours. So Bakugo is super boned until a real hero arrives, that being Deku, running just completely on instincts, seeing Bakugo in trouble. Like, it's a really great scene where, like, he's just thinking about all the things that he's heard up to this point. Like, can he be a hero? Can he not be? And then just out of nowhere, his legs just move on his own and he just, like, He's got to go save his friend, even though his friend's been a huge dick to him. Comes right up to Bakugo, gives him a good smile, and lets him know that everything's going to be okay. It's a, it's a great moment. Yeah, like, I'll spicy in this scene, because it's really great. Because especially All Might is now motivated by Deku's uh, heroism here, and he powers up just enough to unleash a final smash, which is so powerful. It wipes out the slime monster, saves Deku and Bakugo, puts out all the fires in the shopping district... And somehow causes the weather to change and causes it to rain. Like the force of his punch changed the weather. All while this is happening, All Might's giving this big grandiose speech. And in the background, you have the awesome piece of music, You Say Run. Which is like pretty much the main theme of the series. And it's such a fucking awesome song. Oh, yes. Just it's a, a big, it's a great, magnificent crescendo for any action scene here. It just builds up and builds up, and then right as he smashes, smashes the monster, it's just, oh my god, this is the greatest! Oh, incredible. <laughs> I'm the one to blame. He wasted his energy on me. I'm worthless. He can't power up yet. And none of the other heroes have the quirks to stop this monster. So pathetic. It's my fault. I'm sorry. So sorry. Grace. Help will show up and save the day, I'm sure. I'm not a real hero. Someone, a real hero, will come soon. <laughs> Why can't I stop? You're too shit! What do I do? 
What would a hero do right now? It's 25, right! I don't know why I did what I did. Sorry, kid, it's not gonna happen. You really think they let someone like you in when they could have me? Maybe it was the look on his face. Kachan, I couldn't just stand there and watch you die. Get the hell off me! have to do something, no matter the cost! Just a little bit longer, kid, and I'm done playing with you! Save the boy! This thing will kill him! <laughs> I really am pathetic. I told you to trace to make a great champion, but I see now I wasn't living up to my own ideal! Pros are always risking their lives! That's the true test of a hero! Damn you all night! It's raining. Don't tell me all that wind just now was. Look at the clouds. They're moving. And so the day is saved and the kids are promptly chewed out by the other heroes for doing something so reckless. And Bakugo kind of, sort of, not really thanks Deku in his own way by giving out to him and saying like, I didn't need your saving, you quirkless nerd. I could have done that myself. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> Fuck go, like, ugh, man. <laughs> That's that classic Kachan pride on display right here. Yeah. So, before Deku heads off, he is greeted by All Might, avoiding the press. I stand for justice, not sound bites. <laughs> <laughs> he thanks Deku for giving him the motivation to stop the villain, and he tells him that he was wrong from before. By running into the heat of battle without thinking, he displayed true heroism. And truly, despite not being born with a quirk, he too can be a real hero. This is such a great moment right here. Oh, it's delicious. And so begins the story of how Izuku Midoriya became the world's greatest hero. <laughs> like, these first two episodes just, like, mmm, just, they hit you. Hit all the right pressure points in your body. This is how you do a shonen protagonist introduction, Black Clover. <laughs> You don't see Deku here trying to, like, fuck a nun or anything like that. You see him trying to be like, I want to be a hero. I can. No, you can be a hero. Yeah, I can be a hero. Inspirational. It is. So on to episode three, Roaring Muscles. So how's Deku going to become the world's greatest hero 
by inheriting All Might's quirk, of course. Confused? Let's explain. You see, the exact details of All Might's quirk has been kept secret for as long as he's been a hero. The truth is, he wasn't born with this quirk naturally, instead as it was passed down to him from a previous hero who had this quirk. This quirk has been passed down from hero to hero for many, many years up to this point, where All Might is now the current user, and now he has chosen Deku as his successor. And the name of this power? One for All. Which is a great name, by the way. Ooh, that's a, that, that's a memorable one to stick in your head. But uh, receiving All Might's power isn't going to be as simple as, due to the power of his quirk, Deku needs to build up his physical strength in order to wield it. Otherwise, the power would be too much for him, and he'd probably explode from all the excess power. I don't even want to know how, like, that's, like, a guaranteed idea. <laughs> I really hope that hasn't happened to somebody else before. <laughs> God, can you imagine the past, like, a holder of One For All is like, okay, you are now my successor, here's my power. Boom! Uh, uh, uh. Oh, fuck, maybe I should have, like, trained your body a little bit more. <laughs> Alright, note to self, train successor, and remember to tell them to do the same for their successor, and so on and so forth. Trains the next person, and, and they're just like, hey, you're ready to inherit my quirk. Here, here you go. <laughs> and then just write, <laughs> as their face is just splattered with blood. <laughs> they just write in a little notepad, notepad. Next time, work on glutes and pictorials. <laughs> Don't skip leg day. This was all tested long ago, folks. <laughs> we have precedent. <laughs> so, time for some training. And Deku's training is he has to clean up a junk-covered beach. Uh, so, the first step to being a hero is being a planeteer. Uh, that's a very... That's actually a very <laughs> relevant message there, oh my <laughs> Clean up the beach, you know, respect the environment. Yeah, he's, what a very Captain Planet move. At least he's not going all super crazy heel Daniel Bryan about it. <laughs> you don't clean up this beach? Fickle! 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 <laughs> Since Deku wants to attend UA, he needs to clean up this dump of a beach in 10 months so he'll be ready for the UA entrance exam. Time for a training montage, Rocky style. I was actually thinking Karate Kid when this is all going on. Uh, that could work too. <laughs> <laughs> Just need Deku standing up. You can like try to do like the crane kick, but instead of on like a pole, he's on like a mountain of garbage. Oh yeah, I'm sure somebody's drawn that at some <laughs> point already. And before you know it, fall has arrived, and we're three months out from Deku being ready to face Ivan Drago. I, I mean, uh, ready for the entrance exam. We get to see more of Deku's resolve, which also shows off how far he'll go to prove himself. That includes slightly overdoing it and potentially injuring himself. Remember that. So, the day has come. The day has come! The day of, of the exam, to be exact, and the beach has been clean. And I love All Might's reaction to seeing the super clean, spotless beach after all these months. He's like, he starts off in his, like, uh, small might form, and he's like, holy stinking, and then he turns into regular All Might, super crap! <laughs> I always gravitated more to, like, Midoriya just, like, giving that a victory screech! <laughs> <laughs> also, we get to see, like, Deku's body, like, he is shredded now. God, he's jacked, isn't he? Deku, show me the gun show! <laughs> so, he finally receives All Might's quirk. Eat this! As All Might pulls out a strand of his hair, and tells Deku to eat it to inherit his work. <laughs> Such a... Oh, yeah, because the way it's passed down is that you gotta, pay, you gotta like, 
the person has to take in some of the other person's DNA to pass on all for one. I wonder if one of the... Or one for all, sorry. I wonder if some of the other uh, one for all uh, heroes uh, pass down their DNA through other means. Like, did they give blood or did they just, like, spit in the other person's mouth or something? Oh, God. Like, how else can you get DNA besides hair? Oh, that'd be honest, like, I, I, if, like, I can imagine them, like, messing around with that or something. Could you just imagine All Might going up to Midoriya and be all, and, like, he does, he doesn't, you don't see him pluck out a hair, he just takes in the hair out of nowhere, and he's like, here, eat this! <laughs> um, is that hair? Y- yes, of course! From your head. Why, of course! It's kind of curly. <laughs> no worries! Just go ahead and eat it! You need to inherit my DNA if you want to inherit, if you want to inherit one for all. <laughs> um, okay. I'm also gonna get my phone out real quick. Um, why? No reason, I just want to commemorate the moment that I pass on one for all. <laughs> Deku eats it, and all my's just like... <laughs> <laughs> that was my pube, young Midoriya. <laughs> That's going on the Twitter account. Ah, <laughs> oh, but in all seriousness, here, eat my hair. <laughs> So, Deku arrives at UA for the exam and runs into Bakako, who blows him off. And he also runs into a girl who saves Deku from uh, tripping over himself. So, this cutie patootie here is Ochako Uraraka, played here by Lucy Christian. And her quirk is that she can levitate anything she touches. And I love that as she uh, bids him farewell and she heads on to the exam, Deku's just like, Holy whoa! I talked to a girl! Even though he didn't say anything to her. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Deku House. <laughs> so much more adorable moments to come for this guy. Oh god, these two are just... I love every moment with these two. So, time to figure out how the exam's gonna go with the help of Present Mike, played here by Sunny Straight. Everyone else just sandbags him while he's trying to go over and being all like, Yeah, I'm Present Mike! Hello! Nice to meet all my wonderful listeners out there! And it's just... Silence. Crickets. <laughs> But Deku is just silently marking out, going, Oh my god, it's Present Mike! Yeah! Guess all these people aren't too big fans of AM radio. <laughs> oh, no one listens to radio anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so the way this works is that examinees are split up into different battle centers, and the goal is to score points by taking down giant robots, each awarding a different amount of points based on their strength. Though one robot in particular rewards only zero points and is just an obstacle to avoid. A big, giant, almost near automata big boss level giant robot and that only awards zero points kind of an odd idea to have them face off against robots of all things in this test to become a hero i mean are like big robots marauding the city that big of a threat well it's either that or trying to hire people to pretend to be villains then you have to worry about their health care then you gotta worry about them actually injuring the kids so robots are easier so it's just better to know that they can like destroy shit oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) like yeah go ahead it doesn't matter how like sociopathic you might be with your violence or anything no just go and destroy whatever you want i'm not worrying about ua's funding like how much funding do they get for like these type of exams to like build and produce these giant robots that get destroyed christ they gotta have somebody who can make robots on the fly or they must have like some grant from the government (laughs) something like that a nice a nice training robot grant from the government (laughs) So, President Mike sends everyone off with a school motto slash series catchphrase, Go Beyond Plus Ultra! And so, we have our exams, and with episode 4, Start Line. Time for them to begin, and when you should know it, Deku happens to be in the same group as Uraraka. 
And also in this group is one Tenya Ida, played here by J. Michael Tatum. His quirk is that he has jet engines in his legs, which, which gives him super speed. And he's also very much a uh, smarty pants know-it-all here. Yeah, but I, yeah, but like one of my favorite uh, other designs in the series, though. I mean, I just love his like big, buff, athletic body, and yet he's this like total nerd stickler for like the <laughs> rules and stuff. You know, he kind of looks like he could be a salary man when he like grows up. But... Yeah, he really is. And funny enough, like since he's played by J. Michael Tatum, he actually kind of looks like him. Like if you look at pictures <laughs> of Tatum and you look at pictures of Ida, they kind of look alike. Yeah, they do kind of. They got the short hair. They got the glasses. They're both very. They're both very buff intellectuals. Oh, but I love I love Ida. Oh, Ida is definitely one of my boys in the series. So the other examinees are taking out robots left and right while Deku isn't getting a bean. But now the real test starts as the giant robot, as mentioned before, that yields zero points, is finally released. Everyone flees, but Uraraka is trapped under some debris. So Deku springs into action and unleashes his quirk for the very first time. Just jumps into the air and then does a big powered up smash to the robot and just obliterating it. I'm reminded of that one awesome moment from the first episode of One Punch Man where <laughs> Saitama jumps in the air and like one punch hits, knocks out a giant. It's it, it it's that level of awesome. Like the punches the punches and the smashes in the series as we go on are They just, carry weight. They're just like, oh yeah, my god! I love the one detail for activating one for all, though, that you have to clench your butt cheeks before <laughs> you do it. Even All Might says that. Clench your butt cheeks, Omegdoria, and smash! Gotta have a tight sphincter when you do this. <laughs> Young Midoriya, do these exercises with me. One, two, one, two, one, two. Time to flex your butt muscles. <laughs> Clap those cheeks. <laughs> So, only downside to this whole thing is that he practically breaks every bone in his body from that smash. And it's kind of gruesome looking, just seeing as he's falling back to the ground, his, like, right arm and both his legs are just flapping in the wind, just as every bone is just shattered. It's it's really gross looking. Yeah, he was gonna, he's gonna die here. So, Deku plummets to the ground, but he's saved in the nick of time by Uraraku, who slaps him in the face that allows her to levitate his body and gently float him to the ground. After which, she vomits like a Gravity Falls gnome. <laughs> like, do you remember seeing that? It's all glittery and almost like rainbow-like, the way she pukes. I believe that's common in some anime these days, just to, not, just to like, not show the detail too much. <laughs> and so, the exam ends with Deku scoring zero points, but he did score plenty of broken bones in the process. Luckily, Deku's healed by the school nurse recovery girl, played here by Julie Erickson. But uh, her healing quirk can't peel his broken dreams. So, all looks to be lost, as no way Deku's getting into UA now. Or is he? One week later, Deku receives a letter from UA containing a video message from All Might. Booyah! I am here as a projection now! <laughs> <laughs> I know it's been a while, but with great power comes great paperwork! <laughs> it's fucking lines for All Might. I love it. It's, it seems like All Might is the kind of guy who grew up with, like, classic comic books and thought like oh man i want to be just like these guys one day and thought like oh man now i'm a hero i can use all these lines in my everyday life this is awesome oh yeah it's 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 where that like kind of love for american comics comes through pretty well in horikoshi's writing yes absolutely. and i'm sure the, and i'm sure the um dubbers also had a really good time oh i'm writing, sure. writing around these lines to make the re references work oh yeah like some of all might's funniest lines are all 
just uh, additions by the uh, English script writers. Like usually, usually in the Japanese, like as for uh, the holy stinking super crap line from earlier, that was in the that was just the English dub because in the Japanese version, he just says, "Oh my goodness." So it's a it's a little something. It's a little bit little spice to the series. Yeah, yeah. It's almost comparable to like JoJo Part Four, where they just like <laughs> add in like a, where like for the dub in there, like they just add in a whole bunch of like cursing <laughs> and like insults. <laughs> Although that's a whole beast in itself to get into. Oh yeah. Although if you want, you can always throw in like a clip here of like jo- of like the best JoJo insult lines. Yeah. There you go. If you don't hurry it up, I swear to God, I'll chop off that fugly cowlick. Talk shit about my hair, and you'll see a different side of me. A side that'll make you feel pain like never before. It's hot! Damn it! How could you do this, Koichi? You said to burn my hand. You bitch-wedding shrimp! What the? Okuyasu! Holy shit! What the hell is going on with these tears? Why didn't you say that earlier, Dr. Dumbass? I'll be out of here in no time flat! I look in the mirror every day, so how hard can this be? Son of a bitch. Getting the strong, silent type to chat is like pulling teeth. Rohan Sensei's pushiness is unsettling, but Jotaro's silence sends me into a panic. There's gotta be something we can talk about. Let's see. <sighs> I think that coat of yours is badass! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so All Might's UA's newest faculty member, so that's why he's here. And I love that as he's talking to uh, Deku here, you see like an, a hand off camera trying to tell him to pick it up, just like doing the motions of like, hurry it up, hurry it up. I can just imagine like uh, the people behind this are being like, God damn it, all mate, would you pick up the pace? We got a lot more messages to produce. Now, Arthur, please, he's just trying to make these a little more special for the students. It's not every day you have the symbol of peace talking directly to you. More like symbol of wasting my fucking time. <laughs> now quit hot-dogging and grandstanding and get the hell on with it. <laughs> Mr. All Might, if you may, please continue. Well, like, he says a great line there where he's, where he's just like, wait, I have to wrap up right now? Wait, I have to do how many more of these? <laughs> oh, all right. I love that so much. <laughs> and I just love that the, at the end, the hand gives the, the A-OK symbol and then just, like, keeps, and then he just, like, keeps going. <laughs> like, Jay, you're on camera. Come on, bud. <laughs> Sorry, he's an intern. <laughs> so, while Deku scored only zero points on the practical exam, there were actually other factors that he didn't know about. As revealed in a video clip of Uraraka going to President Mike asking him if Deku could receive some of her points for saving her. But uh, that won't be necessary as because of Deku's daring rescue, a panel of judges comprised of the school's faculty watching the exam unanimously awarded him rescue points, which gave him enough to pass. And even Uraraka got some rescue points too, which also gave her enough to pass. So Deku is now part of the Hero Academia and his life at UA can finally begin. So on to episode 5, what I can do for now. And to start this episode off, we get to see the top 10 results for the practical exam. And I actually got a picture right here, and I just want to show you this. Okay. What we have right here, we see, like, all the uh, different uh, students here. And you see that Deku only got, like, 60 points while he got 0. And one thing I really love, in this list of names, there will be characters that we will see in future episodes. Oh, how nice! Like, do you see some of the names there that look very familiar? Oh, yeah, these are all actually starting to... Oh, yeah, I'm starting to, like, see all of these. Characters like Tetsu Tetsu, and Awase, and Kendo, and... Holy crap, there were a lot in there. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is what we call long-term booking, kids. <laughs> it's very nice. So Deku meets All Might at the beach late at night and almost blows his cover. I love the scene where he's like, hey, All Might, hey, All Might. And you see like a couple on the like the beach nearby. He's like, wait, did he say All Might? And he's like, uh, uh, no, I didn't say that, All Might. I was just mistaken. He's like, oh, man, I really want to meet All Might. <laughs> he thanks him for everything he's done. And All Might congratulates Deku and tells him that even though he's a teacher at UA, he didn't have any influence on Deku getting accepted. He earned this all on his own through grit, determination, and breaking about 75% of bones in his body. Hey, can't make an omelet without breaking a few legs, eh? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> he goes on to explain to Deku that the reason he's a UA teacher in the first place is that he intended to use the position to scout a successor for One for All, that is, until he met Deku. But now, he can use this position to keep an eye on Deku and monitor his progress, though this needs to be kept on the DL for obvious reasons. Although knowing, like, what happens later in the series, I can just imagine All Might just kind of kicking beneath his, like, feet, like, the picture of the guy he was going to go with before <laughs> Deku. <laughs> Deku just being like, wow, was was I really your first choice? And All Might's just like, of course, of course you were, as he grinds, like, the picture into the sand. Yep, no one else but you, young Midoriya. You are certainly special. Yep, no body else. <laughs> Ooh, sorry about that. So, even though he only received a small amount of All Might's power, Deku still filled to the brim with it, as seen by a nice visual of, like, a broken uh, water glass that's just filled to the tippy-top with water that has just a crack in it. It's a very nice visual. So he needs to learn some more self-control if he's ever truly gonna wield one for all safely. And then it transitions into another great visual of, like, an even bigger water glass, but with, like, less water in it, so it shows that how much, how much he can hold. And here we have the crux of My Hero's narrative, and for the better part of the series, just really good stuff here, as even though Deku has impeccable strength that would make One Punch Man look like a jabroni by comparison, he's still got a long ways to go if he ever wants to be a top hero. He's OP, yet at the same time, it's like, what's having incredible power if he can't wield it properly? Right, right, so this is his big great hurdle over the series, like, how am I going to be able to use so much power when it has such great potential to destroy me? Like, here right now, Deku wielding one for all is just basically like, getting a bazooka to a toddler. Right, right. Like, how can they not blow themselves up in the end? <laughs> Him getting a quarter, it's not an overnight success, which makes for a great underdog story for this series, and you just get to see ways on how he improves, and seeing that just really endears you to young Midoriya here even more. Oh yeah, and the series really surprises you with how much he, uh, like, develops it as well, too. Especially as you, like, begin to, like, realize that there are, like, even more secrets to One for All as well as you go along. Yeah, it just really shows up, like, how... This also really shows up how smart Deku can be, like, with his power. Like, it's not just get in there, just punch, be all strong and everything. No, he has to, like, he has to play the smart... And even when he does improve, he still has to be smart with it, with one for all. Yeah, he has to be cautious, he has to be strategic. God, it makes for such a good protagonist. Yeah, this is much better than Asta and his, I'ma be a wizard king so I can do magic and fuck some nun. Then everybody will respect me. <laughs> I'm gonna swing around a big sword. <laughs> but it doesn't count as magic though, because fuck you. <laughs> and great bit to close the scene as... In demonstrating control to Deku, All Might almost inadvertently blows his own cover. Like, he picks up a couple of uh, uh, metal containers in a small form, and then he powers up and crushes them. And then the same couple from before let go, Hey, that's All Might right over there! <laughs> now we run! <laughs> so, time for Deku's first day of school. Sweet moment, as before he leaves, Mambadoria tells him how proud of his she is of him, and thinks he's really cool. Aww. Aww. Stop being so sweet. He's like one of the best anime moms out there. 
And here we have Class 1A, the hero course. Ida and Bakugo get equated as Ida immediately starts giving out to Bakugo for putting his feet on top of the desk. And he's like, uh, what are you talking to me for? And then he sees Deku and then I love the way Ida, like as he walks up to Deku, he kind of does the Santino Morella power walk, kind of shaking his butt from side to side. <laughs> and they get formally introduced as Ida commends Deku for what he did at the practical exam as surely he must have known about the rescue points. Otherwise, he wouldn't have gone after that giant robot. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. That's, Precisely. That's exactly what I did. Well played, Midoriya. Well played. <laughs> so we talked about Ida for he's just he's one of the best out of everyone in one A. God, like he his gesticulations. And yeah, that's like one of my favorites. Where like he, he talks with his hands a lot. <laughs> You'd give Reagan from Mob Psycho one hundred <laughs> a run for his money. And like I said, he's one of my boys, and as the series goes on, I just go, I just grow to love him even more and more. I want to say, like, a gesticulation contest between, like, Congo or who's dressed up as Reagan and Ida. I want to see who the best is. He moves kind of like, uh, he moves like characters in an old, in old PlayStation 2 uh, RPGs where they have, like, just one set of movements and everything like that. So anytime they talk, they just have to move all the way around because <laughs> the animation isn't as good in those games. So you have to be more expressive with your movements instead of your face. Oh, Ida, never lose your nervous tick. Never change. <laughs> Next up, Deku gets formally introduced to Uraraka, who's also in 1A. And like we said before, their interactions are just so cute, where like, she's just like gushing over him, and then he's like covering his own face and blushing, like trying not to look at her because he's so embarrassed. Oh, it's adorable. It's so sweet. And we also get to see the first signs of Bakugo's anger and jealousy of Deku making it into UA as he says, I'm gonna ruin that little bastard. <laughs> and while we're all getting acquainted with one another, allow me to introduce you to the rest of 1A. And I got the cast list right here, so gonna read through it and try to see if I can do this in one take. Okay. So we already know Bakugo, Uraraka, Ida, and Deku. So we have Shoto Todoroki, played here by Dave Matringa. Suyu Asui, played by Monica Rial. Minoru Mineta, played here by Brina Palencia. Ichiro Kirishima, played here by Justin Cook. Momo Yayorozu, played by Colleen Klinkenbeard. Denki Kaminari, played by Kyle Phillips. Yuga Aoyama, played by Joel McDonald. Kyoka Jiro, played here by Trina Nishimura. Fumikage Tokoyami, played here by Josh Greeley. Meizo Shoji, played by Ian Sinclair. Mashiro Ojiro, played by Mike McFarland. Hanta Sero, played by Christopher Bevins. Mina Ashido, played by Caitlin Glass. Toru Hagakure, played by Felicia Angel. Rikido Sato, played by Chris George. Koji Kota, played by Sir Not Appearing This Season. Don't worry, he'll get a voice next season. And what's a class without a teacher as we meet Shota Aizawa, played by Alex Oregon, in a sleeping bag outside the classroom. Like, this is a great introduction right here. <laughs> just caterpillars his way in, <laughs> in like a sleeping bag. Just imagine he was like sleeping outside the classroom and as soon as he like heard all the hoopla, he's like, okay, I guess I gotta teach today. <laughs> just slinks his way up and then he stands up while still in his sleeping bag. <laughs> and according to All Might, it would seem these kids are in for quite a time with Mr. Aizawa here. So first things first, we're skipping opening ceremonies and instead we're doing some quirk assessment. Oh, and if you, uh, you rank last in these quirk assessments, then it's see a bye as you're expelled. And considering Deku can't control one for all yet, like Marty Skrull when he was forced to face Okada at All In, he's fucked. Ooh, boy. So what the crap is Deku gonna do? Let's find out. The point of this is that disasters and villains can strike at any time, so in order to be great heroes, you need to be ready for anything. Tests include throwing a baseball with the power of your quirk, which Bakugo demonstrates very well by launching a ball thousands of meters into the air with his explosion quirk. <laughs> Move over, Chris Sale. 
Then there's the 50 meter dash, which someone like Ida can do no problem. And we also get to see some of the other students' quirks in action and get some info via very nice narration by President Mike. And then other tests include our uh, grip strength, standing long jump, repeated side steps. And there are like a lot of fun bits with like these uh, tests as you see like uh, Aoyama, whose quirk is that he can produce a laser out, out of his navel, his belly buttons. They call him <laughs> navel laser. And then he uses that to propel him like forward during the 50 yard dash and the standing long jump. And then we also have Shoji who has uh, multiple arms and then he can use that to uh, do the grip strength. <laughs> And then the best one is uh, for the ball toss, Uraraka floats the ball to infinity and beyond. It's just, <laughs> it just keeps floating, and then when you look at Aizawa's uh, little uh, indicator of, on how far the ball goes, it just has the, the infinity symbol. It's just like, screw it, she wins. <laughs> it's still going to this very day. Deku's struggling, but he tries to keep it together through a metaphor he and All Might came up with the other day. Think about an egg in a microwave, making sure that egg doesn't burst. Oh man, if only the guys at, uh, is it a good idea to microwave this were still around, we could find out if it's a good idea to microwave one for all. <laughs> so, it's Deku's turn to throw the ball, and if he's gonna make it through this test, then he's gotta go all out with his quirk. So, he winds up, and the ball only goes 46 meters. What on? As you can see here, Aizawa happens to be the eraser hero, Eraserhead. Uh, not to be confused with the uh, David Lynch film. And his power is that he can erase quirks for as long as he doesn't blink. So he just has to look at you and then your quirk is erased. And, and as long as he doesn't blink, you're quirkless for that moment. Right, right. So he can like glare right at you, look away, and your quirk will still be like canceled out. Which explains why he has very sunken in eyes because I'm pretty sure he goes through a lot of... Uh, Goes through a lot of eye products to make sure he... Yeah, we see that he uses eye drops constantly in his eyes, because I think he has to, like, keep himself conditioned to constantly have his eyes open. Oh, man, he needs some of that product that uh, Ben Stein advertised throughout the years. <laughs> <laughs> he claims that Deku isn't ready, as he can't just go and break himself again, as he'll be more of a liability than an actual hero. He gives him his quirk back and gives Deku another go at the ball toss. So, Deku winds up, and the pitch... And right before he releases the ball, he realizes that Aizawa is right. He can't break himself like before. So Deku, doing something incredibly smart, uses one for all, but only at the very, very tip of his fingers. That way he can launch the ball while minimizing the damage to himself. Like, this is really clever right here. It's, it's, it's one of those first moments of Deku's cleverness and how he adapts with his quirk. Also, it really gets over how strong One for All is, because even with just the very, very tip of his fingers, it can still ca cause a ball to like get launched over 700 meters. Yeah, he launches that thing. And just like you see Aizawa's reaction to this, he goes, "This kid," like he's even he's impressed by them. And uh, we also get to see that All Might is kind of sneakily watching this whole thing, and he just goes, "What the heck, young Midoriya? How did you get so cool?" <laughs> All of a sudden, All Might's, like, joining the Midoriya fan train. He's marking out to Midoriya now. <laughs> so we're on to episode 6, Rage, You Damn Nerd. Everyone is blown away by what Deku did, especially Bakugo, as this is the first time he's ever seen Deku's quirk on display. Because if you remember, for the uh, practical exam, he was in a different area when Deku smashed that robot, so up to this point, he was still under the assumption that Deku was quirkless. As we'll soon see, it's seeing Deku display his quirk, despite not having one for his entire life until now, is what fuels Bakugo to pull an Alex O'Reilly and rage. Rage, rage, rage. 
Though, unlike Alex Riley, Bakugo is not a subtweeting asshole who thinks he's better than everyone. Okay, he's kind of an asshole, and he thinks he's better than everyone. <laughs> but he can back it up. It's like, what's your original point? <laughs> what I'm saying is, fuck Alex Riley. I'll say that to your face. <laughs> Time for the final results. And Deku's dead last. Pack it in. Series over. We're done here. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's my hero academia, everybody. Yeah, Sorry. nice six episode series. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. I've been your no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's a but it's okay. As Aizawa was lying about the expulsion thing, he was just using that to motivate the kids. Anywho, good work today, class. We'll see you tomorrow. Actually, it turns out that Aizawa would have sent last place home as he's had a precedent of expelling students day one for not re reaching his personal standards. Like even if you remember that All Might said that he once expelled an entire freshman class for being absolute crap. Jeez, like, kind of a lot of power to give to one teacher. <laughs> what if he just didn't want to teach, like, one day? He was just like, you know what, screw it, you're all expelled. <laughs> Comes back the next day, hey guys, I didn't really mean that, can I have my class back? <laughs> Sorry, it's like, you snooze, you lose, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, this is why I keep my eyes open all the time. <laughs> and the reason he uh, kept Deku on board is because, like All Might, he sees that there's a lot of potential in this kid. Also, we'll come to know that he's actually kind of a softy when it comes to his kids. Like, if All Might's the dad of the show, he's kind of like their second dad, like kind of their uncle, really. So Deku heads home, and we see that he's really hitting it off with Uraraka and Ida. And I love that out of everyone in Class 1A, it's these two are Deku's best friends. Yeah. Like, out of everyone, it's them. <laughs> they make a great trio. But to be fair, everybody in the class is generally, like, nice and genial with each other. Oh, yeah. Ex except for a few stray characters A few, here few little bad apples here and there. Yeah. <laughs> also, Deku sits straight about his uh, nickname, as it's just something Bakugou calls him just to make fun of him. But uh, Uraraka likes the name, as it would make a great hero name, and she thinks it's kind of cute. And Deku just goes, Deku it is, then! <laughs> just like that? What? <laughs> the next day, the real test begins as... All Might is here, coming through the door like a hero! Complete with this Silver Age costume. I'd love to see uh, All Might's different looks throughout the, all the ages. And also, if he were like an American comic book hero, like, what other artists would like be, what would like their interpretation of All Might be? For, like, Actually, if you watch the, if you watch the uh, My Hero Academia film... Oh? Uh -huh. Ah, you actually get a little bit of a taste of that. Ah, nice. All the more incentive for you to watch that. Oh man, I still need to get to that. <laughs> Isn't it out on DVD now? Yeah, should be out in about a month away from this recording. Oh, excellent. Also, I should note that in this costume, he has a cape, whereas in uh, his later current day outfit, he doesn't. So I'm kind of thinking, uh, did he meet like an Edna Mode-esque character who told him, no capes? <laughs> you think that'd be rule one for heroes, period. Yeah, like, uh, where do you stand on the whole cape, no cape thing? Don't wear capes. Capes are useless, really. Like, I, I, I'm in full agreement. Like, don't, don't wear a cape out there. Like, Superman can pull it off because nothing can, like, yank him back, you know, but... Also Batman because he kind of needs it to glide and he doesn't have powers. So. Right, right. But unless, anyone else... Unless that has a practical use or if you're strong enough, like Superman or Shazam or something or Power Girl to, like, rest away anybody that would try and grab onto it, then... Don't bother. Or hell, do what Batgirl does at one point in the comic. In, in the comics, just put some clasps on. Yeah, put some like little metal clasps on, so that if anybody grabs onto it, it just just just, just pulls right off. Yeah, like we need more of that. I know, right? At least be like smart with. If you're gonna have your cape, at least be smart with it. Yeah, have your cape and eat it too. <laughs> anyway, today's lesson is combat training. But of course, one of the keys of being a hero is looking good. 
Class 1A suits up with the costumes they each personally designed and had made for them based on those designs and their quirks. And we get to see them all walk through a hallway in full costume as just the music swells up and they all just look so awesome. Oh, yeah. They get some really good costume designs here. Yeah, what are some of your favorites out of uh, 1A's costumes? Oh, out of all the costumes, um, like, Midoriya's is certainly up there. <laughs> I love his initial one where he just looks like some, like, demented, like, tricks rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> Bakugo's is really strong, too, with, like, the grenade, yeah, like, arm the grenade guards. Garments. Yeah, it's so cool. And, like, the explosion-styled mask. It matches his hair perfectly. Kind of looks like a Kingdom Hearts character with, like... Kind of the belts and the X sigil on his uh, costume. Right, right. And, uh, oh man, what other ones? I guess, I guess maybe Mineta's a little bit, just because it makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I just look at that little guy and I'm like, how could anybody find that guy intimidating? <laughs> He looks. It looks like. It looks like if you question about his like costume, he would follow that up with, "My mom made it for me." <laughs> uh, and and I guess maybe like Tokiyami's too, because it's just a simple black cloak. Oh yeah, it looks. It looks. He looks. He goes cool. for the minimalist look. I also like uh, Sero because like his helmet kind of looks like a tape dispenser. Yeah, yeah, because like his quirk has to do with like tape and whatnot. He can fire like strips of tape from his arms. Yeah, it looks really and nice. Just has this helmet that just like in the front has this little jaw guard that has like the little serrated edges that you see on like a tape dispenser. Yeah, it's like really, it's really clever. It really is. And I like uh, Uraraka's kind of. Uh... It's kind of like a space uniform with like the little helmets and the big like uh, the big boots and everything. Oh, they all look so nice. And of course, uh, Ida in kind of his uh, is like full body armor that's kind of like a steampunk Iron Man. And cute scene as uh, we get to see like how Deku got his costume as uh, his mom made it for him, and she just did this as you know as a bit of an apology for not supporting him for all these years, and just like she really wants to make it up for him by like being fully supportive of him right now and making him the costume that he always dreamed of. <laughs> and of course, this costume kind of looks like a it looks a bit like it's obviously based on All Might with like the jaw guard and like the rabbit ears that kind of look like All Might's uh, two hairs on the top of his head. <laughs> I just love as soon as all of my sees it, he's just like, you're so obvious. <laughs> so what are the rules for this training? So students pair up in teams of two and, and two teams face off, each acting as heroes and villains. This will take place inside a five floor building with the goal being that the hero team must secure a nuclear missile set by the villain team or capture the villains. The opposite goes for the villains. So if they capture the heroes, then they win or they run out the clock. Teams are chosen at random, and first up is Team A, Deku and Uraraka as the heroes, with Team D, Bakugo and Ida as the villains. The test begins, and Bakugo immediately goes right after Deku, and the first rival battle of the series is underway. Deku is ready, though, as he avoids Bakugo's sneak attack, and when Bakugo goes for a right hook, Deku telegraphs this and takes him down with a judo throw, because he knows that's how Bakugo always starts a fight, because he's known him for so long, and he's kept all that information in the journal. And it's the very same journal that Bakugo threw away, so you're kind of thinking like, ah, if he had destroyed it earlier on, he may have, he could have saved himself here. You know, all those ass beatings over the years would actually help him. You magnificent bastard, I read your book! <laughs> or did he? <laughs> but uh, Bakugo's not uh, going up against the same weak little Deku he's known all his life. He's changed, and on top of that, the name Deku is no longer an insult to him, as from now on, it's the name of a hero. Though despite this bravado... Bakugo knows that Deku is still scared of him. I know you're shaking in your boots. I'm gonna destroy you, you damn nerd. <laughs> Which brings us to episode 7, Deku vs. Kachan. 
Before we get back into the fight, let's get some background on Deku and Bakugo's relationship. Unlike uh, when Black Clover does something like this, a backstory in the middle of a fight, this is actually interesting and it adds an extra layer to the conflict. And also, this starts at the beginning of an episode, so while it's in the middle of a fight, it's at the start of an episode, so it doesn't feel like it's interrupting or intruding. Right, right. Feels a bit more natural. We see that they played together as kids as they lived in the same neighborhood, and that Deku, along with all the kids, looked up to Bakugo as he always did things with confidence. He's just so cool, he's kind of the kid you want to pal around with when you're that age. Though, once his quirk manifested, he started to get a little more arrogant, which led him to being the angry little numpty we know and love today. <laughs> Back in modern day, as Bakugo is more focused on kicking Deku's ass than the combat training. Some added details to this test, as the hero team is given the layout of the building, but uh, not the location of the bomb. The heroes are also given capture tape in order to apprehend the villains. And of course, uh, we mentioned the time limit, they only get 15 minutes, so clearly the villains have the advantage here. Right, right, so they really gotta think on their toes for this battle. Real pros have to outwit villains on a daily basis, that's just how real life works. Deku sticks around to fight Bakugo, while Uraraka goes to look for the bomb. He continues to telegraph Bakugo's moves using all the notes he's taken, Deku then creates some distance by running and hiding as to draw Bakugo's attention away from Uraraka. And you know, other than seeing Deku with a quirk after being quirkless, the thing that's really pissing off Bakugo is how he's always known Deku as this kid who's always weak, never good at anything. Deku was just this little wiener kid to him. Also doesn't help that at a young age, when he first got his quirk, adults got into Bakugo's head about how amazing he is and how no one will be as great as him. And then just seeing Deku stand up for himself for the first time in forever, you can make the argument that Bakugo knows Deku's quirk is super powerful and that it honestly kind of puts his to shame. Yeah, like he's like he's starting, like it's it's here that Bakugo kind of shows signs of a little bit of like an inferiority complex. Ah, yeah, it's like, this is all unfamiliar territory for him. It's like his perception of reality is just breaking right before his eyes. He, like the roles are being reversed and now he's now he's the weakling and Deku's the cool one. I can imagine him going like, up is down, left is right, cats and dogs living together, mass hysteria. Damn you, Deku! <laughs> Meanwhile, Uraraka located the bomb and Ida, and we get to see Ida taking his role as a villain very seriously. Way too seriously. Like, I'll splice it in, but holy crap, can of coke to you, Michael Tatum, for <laughs> this performance of just him hamming it up, being an absolute villain. Like, haha, I am the evil Ida, and I will take you down, Uraraka, because I am an evil villain. Ooh. <laughs> You can't hey, hide from me. Hey, he's he's probably he's he's working those acting chops. Okay, so if being a hero doesn't work out, hey, buddy, you gotta you gotta you got a career in acting at least. Found it. Now I just have to tell Deku and try my best to stay out of sight until he gets up here. Bakugo definitely has a villainous side, and that's exactly what we need to succeed in this mission. Hmm. I need to temporarily devote myself to criminal intent. Yes. I won't fail this trial and risk bringing shame down on the Ida family name. That means... I must now embrace evil to become a hero. Behold! I am the personification of villainy! <laughs> He's so serious! Raraka, is that you? <laughs> I knew you would come here alone the instant that Bakugo ran off by himself and engaged with Midoriya. Your quirk allows you to float anything that you touch. But I prepared for that by hiding every object in this room so you have nothing to use against me, do-gooder. My dastardly tricks have rendered you helpless. You've blundered, hero. <laughs> he really is playing the part. 
And the best part about this is that uh, he lets out a, a maniacal laugh, and it kind of reminds me of uh, one of uh, Tatum's older roles of uh, Ocarina and Steinscape, where you get to, like, laugh maniacally all the time in that show. <laughs> like, there's nothing that brings me more joy in terms of, like, English voice acting than, like, Tatum laughing maniacally like a lunatic. It's, like, up there with hearing Clifford Shapin wreck his voice for playing Bakugo or, like, Bryn April basically doing anything for me. <laughs> Like, it's, it's just one of those things that just puts a smile on my face. Oh, never fails to. We only have six minutes left, and Bakugo catches up to Deku. Deku attempts to apprehend Bakugo, but uh, he's got a plan up his sleeve too. Or rather, up his gauntlet. You see, Bakugo's explosion quirk works is that he uh, secretes nitroglycerin from his hands like sweat. And with his gauntlets in his costume, he can store that in within those grenade gauntlets. And then he uses them to release a huge explosion. So, Deku, you might want to get the hell out of there. You sweat bombs. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the way how he does it. Like, he points his fist, and then he, like, grabs the pin off of the grenade. Like, an actual grenade, and then he just pulls it off, and then it unleashes a huge explosion. Oh, it's so cool. Very cool. And clever, clever use of, like, the costume. Yeah, to this is a great use. Power. Well, Horikoshi is really good with that throughout the series. Every costume, like, he designs in the series serve some kind of purpose and functionality to work in tandem with the quirk. Even costumes that are really innocuous looking, they've always got something hidden to them. Yeah. They've always got something really cool to like complement the quirk and improve it even further. Yeah, like it's not just cosmetic or aesthetic. Like there's actually reasonings behind anything in anyone's costume is just so good right right although it gets weird later on the series when some people will have quirks that transform their bodies and he'll argue that their costumes are made with like a person's hair <laughs> <laughs> like i don't get how that works at all so it's like oh this person can uh turn just as an example like this person can turn into lightning well how does she do that well her clothing is made out of her hair hold on wait what <laughs> did they just like grow her hair out and braid it into a costume? How does that work? <laughs> Is this like some kind of bayonetta rules right here? <laughs> uh, he gets fun with it. <laughs> and I love the line, like, right before he uh, unleashes that blast, like, All Might's, like, getting on the intercom telling Bakugo not to do it, and then, he and then Bakugo just shouts out, He'll be fine as long as he dodges! Bakugo, no! Bakugo, yes! <laughs> Also, that line is a line that uh, Cliff has gone on record to say is one of his favorite Bakugo lines. Because I remember uh, when you and I went to uh, Metacon a couple years ago where he was a guest, he uh, talked about how I think he he performed that line to like one of the producers of the uh, the Japanese version of My Hero, and like they say, like, oh man, that's one of their favorite lines too. Oh, so good. <clears throat> so yeah, shabamzo as Bakugo blows up this fucking building and absolutely destroys it, yet somehow it doesn't collapse on itself amazingly. And I love how, as he walks through the smoke and debris to, like, a down Deku, he just chuckles a little to himself and just marks out about what he just did. Just like, <laughs> I just did something super cool right here. <laughs> Moments like this are just, like, why he's one of my favorite Clipper Shapen roles, because of just, like, that little bit right there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, this this, this is going to be, like, a career-defining role for him for so long. Oh, yeah. It's going to be hard to top any any other, to top this performance with any other performance. Oh, God, do. yeah. Back with Uraraka and Ida, they fight over the bomb, and Ida continues to ham it up some more. <laughs> I, just, I just love this so much. So the fight's starting to get a little out of hand, but despite all this, All Might takes notice that Bakugo isn't actually trying to kill Deku. You see, he doesn't want to kill him, he just wants to make him suffer. And make him suffer he does as he beats the ever-loving crap out of him. 
Yeah, like, maybe maybe we could tone it back or something. Yeah, maybe call of, a timeout. Yeah, timeout, please. A little bit, a little breather. Though I kind of like some of the moves he does with his uh, quirk. Like, they're really cool where, like, he can use his explosions to launch himself in the air and then change his trajectory with his explosions. Yeah, this was, this was the fight where I realized Bakugo is... He's... <laughs> Before this, I was like, okay, he's a little bit of a bully. And then I saw him fight, and I'm like, oh, God, he's a smart bully. <laughs> Like, there's also one move I really like where I think he grabs onto Deku with one hand and then he uses his explosions to, like, spin himself around to give Deku, like, a stiff backhand. Right, to reposition himself around so that he can put him into a submission move. He's, he's really clever with how he fights. Yeah, it's so cool. And you wouldn't expect that from somebody who's so pissed off all the time. Yeah, you think he'd just be, like, boss of the wall, just, like, full-on rage mode, just, like, striking at anything that moves. Like, he actually thinks out his battle plans. Yeah, I really like that. The kind of characters that are, like, a bit, like, hot-headed or, like, really kind of... You would think would be, like, really reckless with how they fight, but are really, like, clever with how they use their brawn. Oh, I love it so much. That's how you know they're really dangerous. If they... Not only they have bronze, but they also have brains. Mm-hmm. So we have, like, the final moments as Deku is all out of options. If he's gonna beat Bakugo, he's gotta use one for all. So in a great moment, they rush each other, and then with a Detroit smash, Deku doesn't punch Bakugo, instead he uppercuts into the air, punches through the floor above him, launching debris into the air on the top floor where Uraraka and Ida are. Uraraka then grabs a broken pillar with her uh, floating quirk, then uses it to swing all the swing it like a bat at the debris, launching it at Ida, which gives her the opening to float up to the bomb and capture it, getting the win for the hero team. So awesome. Oh, yeah. Great taste of what's to come for the combat in this series. And once again, the song, You Say Run, playing in the background, just like, it's just that cherry on top for any action scene in the show. It's hooking you in. And I love, like, right before Ida is defeated, he goes, In the name of villainy, I command you to stop! <laughs> and Ida wins the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Much better than whoever won it this year. Wasn't it Rami Malek? Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Just for just just playing a fucking like just playing for a fucking Freddie Mercury in a movie directed by a. Oh yeah. So and also another added thing to this is like as the dust settles, we also see that Deku used his quirk on his other arm to block Bakugo's final attack. So he used it to punch through the through the floor, and then he used it to block Bakugo's attack. Ooh, smart. And then he just says, like, right before he just collapses, and he says, he just says the reason he hasn't shown his quirk is because if he does, he's gonna break himself. And you just see the shock expression on Bakugo's face, like, holy crap, he's right. He breaks himself right before my eyes. And after that fight, oh man, I think we need a break after that fight. So we're gonna take five here and come back with the rest of the combat training, as well as the rest of My Hero Academia Season 1. We'll be right back.
Yeah, I got the power, I know the powers that be Yeah, for these unbelievable dreams Had to do more than it seems I speak of these things, now I got trophies and rings This is the victory thing I got this I'm ready for the bright lights I'm ready for the highlights I'm ready when the date is ready for the naysayers Ready, baby, this is my life Love Live Wrestling presents Idol Mania 7, coming April 1st. We are Love Live Wrestling. What's up everybody, Mikey here, recording from the future. By which I mean I'm recording this after we've done the podcast. We're only at the halfway point of Season 1 of My Hero Academia, but there's still amazing things to come. Though, before we get back into it, I just wanted to take some time to make a bit of an, of an announcement. Ryan and I will be attending Anime Detour in Minneapolis at the end of March! This is nothing new for us as we've been going to Detour every year since 2013, but what makes this year even more special is that this will be the first Detour we've gone to since we've started Anime Bay Bay. It'll be great to actually meet people who may listen to this little show, or maybe even get people who haven't into listening. On top of that, like we've been doing every year since about 2016, we'll be doing panels! I'm doing a solo panel where I'll be talking all about the Sonic the Hedgehog comics, from the Archie days all the way up to the current IDW era. Expect some giving out about Ken Penders during this one. And Ryan and I have quite a few panels together this year. We're doing our usual Toonami year-in-review panel where we go through all the latest happenings in the world of Toonami within the past year. We have a panel all about the French superhero cartoon Miraculous Ladybug. We first did this back in 2017, and it was one of my favorite panels I did from that year, so hopefully this time it'll be just as fun. We're also doing a panel about the series OKKO, Let's Be Heroes, with a good friend of ours, which should also be fun as well. Though the big panel we're both doing, in honor of Anime Detour going with a sports theme this year, I thought we should take this opportunity to talk about a sports anime. Not just any old sports anime, though, as we're talking about none other than Keijo. Yes, we are indeed doing a panel where we talk all about Keijo. Uh, my idea, by the way. This panel will just basically be a mini live version of the podcast, and it'll also be our first 18 plus panel. So this should be a grand old time. I always say Anime Detour gets better every year, and this year looks to be no exception. I know we're both looking forward to it, and I hope you are too. Anyway, that's it for this announcement, and now back to My Hero Academia Season 1. And we're back with more My Hero Academia Season 1, starting with Episode 8, Bakugo Startline. 
So despite winning, Deku and Uraraka are down for the count as they may have won the battle, but you can say Bakugo and Ida won the war as Deku is getting stretchered out because of his broken bones and Uraraka is just vomiting out her insides for overusing her, her own quirk. Yeah, this was a bit of a Pyrrhic victory, you could say. Though Bakugo isn't going to take a moral victory as thinking about Deku saying that he was only holding back just starts to, he just starts to get into his own head about uh, the whole situation, thinking if they had a real one-on-one fight and they both went all out, Deku would surely win. But uh, ha, hold on to that, Bakugo. We'll, we'll, we'll see later on. See you in Season 3. All Might tells him to settle his tea kettle as even in defeat, he can still take this as a learning experience. And post-match analysis as while Deku and Uraraka were the winners, the real MVP was Ida. And we get to hear this from Momo Yayarozu as she takes the spotlight to explain this as Bakugo went into this test with the sole intention of get settling his grudge with Deku. Deku once again wrecked himself and caused a lot of collateral damage. And Uraraka let her guard down at one point and her final attack could have been more dangerous had the bomb been real. Ida, on the other hand, fully embraced his villain role and treated the test with the utmost respect and sincerity. And I just love the the proud look on Ida's face when he hears this going, just thinking like, ah... I did my job right as a villain. Ah, uh, but that, that right there is why Yayurotsu is best girl. Ah, uh, yeah, she, so since she's your girl out of all the 1A uh, girls, uh, care to explain? Because <laughs> she's, she's just a really good, like, polymath when it comes to, um, you know, designing strategies around things and stuff. She's, a, she's quite a good thinker, and uh, over the course of the series, she soon sort of, like, tries to... Uh, find her niche as a hero too. She she kind of admits her own weaknesses that she's not you know the best combat user, even though her quirk allows for a lot of versatility. So she finds a she she's got a really good journey throughout the series. Really good, really good journey. Really good way that she uses her mind in battles. It's it's ah she's she's awesome. <laughs> she's really awesome. Also, one of the things is that uh, she got into UA based on recommendations, so that really plays into a lot of her uh, big character stuff in later seasons, especially starting with the next season. Right, right. So yeah, she she's best girl for very good reasons. <laughs> oh, we'll get to my best girl later though. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to the other matches as we get to see everyone else's quirks in action. And I gotta ask, uh, out of the rest of one A, some of you, what are some of your favorite quirks? Some of my favorite quirks. Oh God. Yeah, we only we we see a little bit of all of them here, but like you can kind of infer many of them uh, quite well. Um, I don't know. I'm a little partial to, um, of course, yeah, Yorotsu's. I like that she can just create stuff with her quirk, just and just about any inanimate object you can think of, you know. So it leads to a lot of really good strategy with her. Um, I guess maybe out of all the other classmates, like hers is maybe the one I would want the most because I can just imagine myself like. <laughs> Just creating, like, metal bars out of my fist and punching enemies, <laughs> like, just sounds really cool. Although Tokuyami, Tokuyami's ability to just control a shadow... Yeah, that's a really good that's one. ...that's attached to his body that also has a personality. Yeah, he has a mind of its own. <laughs> I don't know, like, it just appeals to, like, the JoJo fan in me, because, like, I would just... <laughs> I would just be naming it, like, whatever the hell I could, like, this is my stand in the shadow of the valley. <laughs> Oh man, has someone ever done artwork of like Tokoyami with Dark Shadow as like a stand right behind him? Oh, they probably have. Oh, you can God. probably find an image of I that. I need online. to see that. <laughs> yeah, those are some really good ones. Uh, some of my favorites in there is like uh, I love Hagakure. Is that she's she's invisible? That's her quirk. But like she's invisible all the time, and like the only way you can see her is if she's wearing clothes. So when she's not, she's just like 
she's completely naked and she's just like not there. You can't even see her. Yeah, that's that's kind of a weird quirk there. Yeah, we got like a scene where like she she's only wearing her hero costume is that she only wears gloves and shoes, and then she takes them off in front of like uh, Ojiro, and she's like, "Don't look at me," and he's like. I can't even see you. There's nothing to look at. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh, another really good one is uh, Todoroki, his uh, icy hot quirk. Oh, yeah, he, he proves to be the other MVP of all this because he wins his challenge in, like, less than a minute. Yeah, he just, like, uh, he's partnered up with Shoji and he just, uh, he asks Shoji to, like, uh, see where everyone, where their opponents are inside the building and then he just tells him to step outside he touches the wall, and then he just freezes the entire building. Yeah, he can freeze stuff with his, uh, what is it, his right half? Yes, his right half. His right half, and he can, like, he, and he can shoot fire and heat up stuff with his left half. Yeah, but he only uses his right half. Yeah, for some reason this season, he's only partial to his right icy half. So, during these other tests, we get shots of uh, Bakugo watching, and judging by the look on his face, it seems like he's starting to realize that Deku isn't the only one in class with a quirk that can rival his. It's, uh, it kind of reminds me of like the whole, you know, that one line from The Incredibles where uh, Syndrome says, once everyone's special, no one is. It's kind of like Bakugo went through all, all, all of his life thinking that he is the one special person, but then he sees like all these different quirks and now he's thinking like, oh, I'm really not as special as I think I am. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a piece of humble pie for him to take in right now. And it also really didn't help that uh, a lot of kids and adults even at a young age got into his head. And telling him about, like, oh, how cool he is, how special he truly is. Yeah, they hyped him up a lot, like a AAA video game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he's realizing he, he's, he really does have a lot, he really does have a long way to go. Oh man, I thought I'd be Overwatch, but instead I turned into Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> so with all these tests done, All Might bids 1A farewell and goes to check on Deku. A uh, nice little moment here as while we see that Deku has a long way to go when it comes to being a good hero, All Might still got a long ways to go when it comes to being a good mentor. He's imperfect just like Deku and things like that are what makes this mentor-protege uh, team-up relationship one of the best, if not best, in Shonen. Oh, it's, yeah, like, the, the, it's, it's sort of like a father-son relationship yeah. in some ways. It's built up so well over the course. Especially helps considering that uh, Deku's father is kind of out of the picture in the series. I think that was maybe an intentional move to try and push this relationship a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still, yeah, even, even, it's, it's not really much of a spoiler, but even up to this point in the series, they still haven't done anything with Midori's father. Have they said officially whether he's like, is he still with uh, Deku's mom? Have they said that they're the, they're divorced or are they still together? <laughs> they, 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 yes, actually, um, they they pulled one of the oldest books in the series. He works overseas. Ah, there you go. Just like Jotaro Kujo's <laughs> dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I th I, like I. What do they even? Did they even mention his job at all? God, I want to say he's like a cook or something. Like I, I don't know really, but they just say he works overseas. That would make sense because earlier in the series, uh, Deku's mom did say that his quirk is that he breathes fire. I can actually imagine his dad like like stir frying or something. Yeah, stir frying, like kind of uh, spitting some flames, spitting down. some flames underneath the pans and kind of uh, flambeing and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Kind of specialty. Oh man, I would actually like to see that Deku's dad like running like a fancy French restaurant with his quirk with mouth roasted vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Better than oven roasted. <laughs> Later that day, Deku wakes up and is released from the nurse's office. And even though classes are done for the day, the rest of 1A actually stuck around and made sure that Deku was alright after he injured himself. And as soon as he walks into the classroom, they all mark out to him about uh, what he did during the combat training. 
And uh, the best part about this is that uh, anytime Aoyama tries to like get a word in edgewise, uh, Mina Ashido, my girl Mina Ashido, just like jumps in and then just interrupts in saying like, Ah, oh, Midori, you're so cool, especially when you dodge that one attack. Like anytime Aoyama tries to speak, she just jumps in front of him and interrupts him. <laughs> it's like one of the best one-sided rivalries in the show. Aoyama always trying to get his little moments, be a little center of attention. <laughs> Anyways, like I said, Mina, Mina's my girl. I love her. She's just a wonderful pink ball of energy. Oh, she's adorable with all of her like optimism. Oh man. And I love her quirk is that she can produce uh, acid out of her body and use it to like uh, sli- sli- slick and slide around with it. With it. Kind of messed up if she ever hurts anybody with that, but it's a good thing the series doesn't address that. Now, the only thing she hurts is Aoyama's cape during the combat training. <laughs> also, one thing I did re- read up is that uh, she is human despite her having a uh, pink skin. Is just that uh, because of her quirk, that's uh, what uh, causes her skin to turn that uh, color pink. Right. Right. Though uh, one person who didn't stick around was Bakugo, so Deku heads out to confront him in front of the school, and I'll splice you in this scene, but this is another great scene where, like, uh, Deku confronts Bakugo and lets him know the truth about how he just received his quirk. He, did, he wasn't hiding anything from him, he just got it just now. Kachan! anyone this secret not even my mom I have to tell you something maybe then you'll understand what's been going on I wasn't hiding my quirk from you it was given to me by someone else recently but I can't tell you who I got it from so don't ask sounds crazy I know it's like something out of a comic book only it's real the thing is I don't really have any control over this power yet. I haven't figured out how to make it my own, but I'm trying. That's why I didn't want to use it against you in the exercise. But in the end, it was the only way that I had a chance of winning. I've still got a lot to learn. I know that. That's why I'm here. You'll see. I'll work until I have full control of this borrowed quirk. And I'll finally beat you with my own power! (gasps) Oh crap, what am I saying? I only meant to tell him that I wasn't tricking him! How dumb do you think I am? (gasps) Borrowed power? Don't talk to me like I'm an idiot! You already made a fool out of me in that damn training exercise! So? Did you come here to rub it in? I lost! And to make matters worse, it was to you! I came in first in the exam! But that's not enough! When I was watching that ice guy, I realized I couldn't beat him in a head-to-head fight! Launching a large-scale attack indoors was a foolish move. Crap! I even agreed with what that girl said! My attack was so stupid! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Damn it! Enjoy that win, Deku! You won't get another! I'm just getting started! Got that? I'm gonna end up the number one hero no matter what! (laughs) 
You'll never beat me again, you bastard. Don't even try. And like how Baku actually breaks down crying, saying that like he's going to be the best. He's going to be. He's going to like get up to Deku's level. And I'm just thinking, man, this is how you do a rival character in a shonen. Like much better. Again, I'm gonna harp on Black Clover again. This is much better than fucking you know being Blandy McBlanderson. Right, right. Bakugo reveals that he has some like genuine insecurities here that kind of hamper him. He's three dimensional. Yeah, he is. And that's just what makes me like him. Like, he may be an angry little bastard, but just, he's, there's a little bit more to this rough exterior. Yeah, yeah. It's almost, almost kind of sundere in a way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Let's not hold Bakugo to the standards of a sundere. You know? <laughs> hey, if you were a sundere, he'd, he'd be much better than Noel. <laughs> so the episode ends, but uh, we get a post credit sequence here as we see an incoming threat. Oh, boy. Mm. And now on... To episode 9, yeah, just do your best, Ida. This episode starts with the school getting swamped by reporters. They're here to get the scoop on All Might. Ugh, damn TMZ. <laughs> Notable thing about this is that when the reporters try to get on campus, the school security system kicks in and locks them out. So unless you have a student ID or other special credentials, you can't get on campus. So, uh -huh, remember that. Well, it's also like private property, too. Like yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a private really... school. Like the reporters, they should fucking know this. <laughs> <laughs> Can't you like go stalk All Might elsewhere? <laughs> well, it's not like a college campus or anything where like it's considered public space, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is about what like the third day of school. So it's time to uh, decide the class's future. By which I mean, we need to pick a class rep, and the duty of the class rep is to lead others, and this in turn can show hero agencies how good of a leader you can be. And we'll do this democratically. Everyone pretty much uh, votes for themselves, but uh, in the end, Deku gets uh, three votes, while Yayorozu gets two, so they become class rep and uh, deputy, respectively. And I love like how we find out how uh, Deku got his uh, three votes. Like he obviously voted for himself. He got one vote from uh, Uraraka, while uh, his third vote came from Ida, who didn't vote for himself, and he's upset that he no one voted for him, <laughs> even though he didn't vote for himself. Hey, I give I give him some credit though for not voting for himself. Like that's that's a good honorable move right there. Yeah. Votes for themselves in those things. I don't know, like voting for yourself and just, or even just voting at all if like you're up for grabs or something, just never seems like a right idea to me. Yeah. Like it's not fair. It's that one little extra edge. But hey, I guess it counts if you believe in yourself. Oh, yeah. And even though Deku doesn't seem to be cut out for this, the class still very much supports him. And I just love how they always have Deku's back no matter what. And Ida and Uraraka have the utmost confidence in their friend, and he does tell uh, Deku that he did vote for him, and it's just, it's a very nice scene. He's just like, oh man, thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having my back. And also, time to learn more about my boy Ida here, as it turns out he comes from a family of heroes, his older brother being the popular hero named Ingenium, and he aspires to be a great hero just like him in the future. So uh, hold on to this for, for future reference somewhere way down the line. This will be important. This is. But then suddenly, alarms go off as there's a level 3 security breach, so all the students panic and mob to the exits. Ida gets close enough to the windows and sees that it's nothing serious and simply just the media trying to somehow find their way onto campus. But he's the only one who knows this, so he needs to grab everyone's attention. The way he does this is he has Uraraka float him above everyone else and he uses his jet engines to propel himself above the doorway, above an exit sign, and then... He commands the attention of everyone all in the mob and tells them that this what the situation is and, uh, and then just calms them all down. So, very good work, Ida, right here. Yeah, very good work. Afterwards, because of how Ida took charge, Deku gives his class rep positions to him, and the class unanimously agrees. 
and they also give him the nickname Emergency Exit because of the way he was standing above the exit sign as he was kind of in mid-walking motion, kind of looking like the uh, the person in like an exit sign. Oh, so sad that that won't be his hero name Yeah, this later. only sticks around for like just the season. Don't even know why like that was even necessary. Maybe because it's not like, even a nickname that sticks around. Yeah, like uh, maybe like Horikoshi thought it would be a thing, but like then he uh, changed his mind later. Yeah, on. that kind of sounds like something like like he maybe just turned on a dime with that idea. As for how the media got onto campus, it would appear that a villain may have had something to do with it. By the way, the press was trying to get to All Might. Uh, we find out that he wasn't actually at school when they were trying to get in. And what was he doing? He was doing a bunch of hero work as he commutes to school. So yeah, he's gonna be late again. Yeah, he probably gets a bit off from like his boss at the school. <laughs> Principal probably cuts him a break. Do you think he calls in and says, like, Hello, Principal Nezu, I, need, I see a villainy afoot. I need to go uh, stop them right now. Okay, but you get five. <laughs> you get five villainies you get to stop. <laughs> Those are or his... else you're considered late. Those are his sick days. <laughs> he has to use hero days. <laughs> sorry, sorry, All Might. It's, it's your PTO to spend. <laughs> <laughs> Later that afternoon, it's time for today's lesson. Our 1A kids are going to learn rescue training. This will take place at a special facility away from campus. In addition to Aizawa and All Might, who's finally at school but is resting from all the hero work, the kids will also get taught by another teacher for this lesson, the space hero 13, played here by Morgan Berry. They head into the facility that almost looks like a theme park with different lands relating to certain natural disasters. You have a shipwreck land, landslide, fire, windstorm, etc., etc., it's like an Epcot Center of <laughs> hero work. Oh man, you make a theme park joke right here. Uh, the name of this place is the Unforeseen Simulation Joint, or USJ for short, just like Universal Studios Japan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, considering the season came out in 2016, they still have the chance to ride the last remaining Back to the Future ride. Yeah! Quick, get on it before it turns into a Minions ride. <laughs> and afterwards, you can hit up the uh, Waterworld stunt show and go see the Backdraft ride. Oh, so much fun. But before lessons can get underway, a black portal opens up and out comes a crap ton of baddies led by a mysterious man with hands all over, all over his bodies. The same man from the post credit scene in the previous episode. And upon seeing this, I'm just thinking like, well, we're boned. <laughs> I don't know, my first thought was, <laughs> really? He <laughs> 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 comes out of the portal. And he's just covered in all these, like, robotic-looking hands, and I'm just like, what is this? Oh, what is this guy? Oh my god, it's Handman! <laughs> it actually reminds me, didn't, like, uh, in the manga, aren't there, like, uh, little bits of, like, Horikoshi doing, like, some kind of writings that kind of foreshadow uh, this character right here, where he says, like, I have an interest in hands, like he writes in one of his manga? Oh, I think he does a little bit somewhere, I think. Yeah, believe. like, I'm pretty sure that was, like, the previous volume in the manga before, uh, the set of episodes. Yeah, I can't wait to hear him, like, pick his brain a little bit more later down the line about why he chose that design choice. Yeah, like, honestly, with all the hero designs in the show, it's like, re you really want to pick his brain about, like, how did he come up with these designs? Like, what's the inspiration? Well, as we'll see with the villains, he's also just as clever with those. Oh, absolutely. So on to episode 10, Encounter with the Unknown. The baddies were the ones who let the press in, and they used them as a cover to sneak onto campus, and they're led here by Tomura Shigaraki, played here by Eric Vale, along with Kurogiri, played here by Chuck Huber. Aizawa springs into action, and we get to see his cool fighting style, where he combines using his uh, eraser quirk to uh, nullify the other villain's quirks while using his uh, long scarf to uh, kind of grab them all around and throw them all around. 
Very cool style. Yeah, we got a we got a taste of that earlier on during the uh, the first day of school, where when Bakugo went to go jump Deku, he grabbed him and then kind of subdued him that way. Yeah, he's got kind of like a street level vigilante uh, fighting style to him, almost almost like uh, almost like what you would see in like Spider Man. Yeah. Maybe even like um, I don't know, uh, maybe Moon Knight or something. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I got to touch up on my heroes, but <laughs> yeah, he's he, he's he's got a very cool fighting style, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So he, hold, he holds off all the baddies as the students try to escape, but Kurogiri cuts them off. He introduces himself as the League of Villains, and their goal is to kill All Might. Bakugo and Kirishima try to jump on him, but uh, they can't get the job done, so he uses the power of his quirk to separate all the students into each of the different lands of the USJ. Very clever. And where does Deku end up? He ends up on the shipwreck land along with Suyu Asui, uh, just call her Sue, and... <sighs> and Minetta. <laughs> Might as well talk about this numpty right here. What do you think about Minetta? Minetta? Um, I remember listening to Brina Palencia talk about Minetta, uh, the voice actress for Minetta here, back at, um, what was it? Asen? Asen, yes, it yeah. was Asen, where she talked about Minetta. And she, I think she put it right when she said, Minetta is that kind of character that it's it, it feels so good to all know that we can hate on this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great to know everybody can look at this character and agree he is the worst. <laughs> it's beautiful how terrible this this character is. <laughs> he's just this lecherous little boy. I, it's it's hard to believe he's a teenager. Oh yeah, like especially how small he is. But he's this lecherous little guy who wants to be a hero all because he just wants to get laid. <laughs> he just does it for the fame and glory. He does it for the fame and glory. He wants to get a girlfriend. He wants to get ladies. <laughs> you know, just just he he does it for the TNA. This whole job. He strikes me as someone who like during his childhood elementary years he he would be like the kind of person who would watch nonstop shows like. Saved by the Bell and always dreamed about being in high school, being like, oh man, once they get older, I'm going to be just like Zach Morris and get all the ladies and everyone's just going to love me. <laughs> Only upon entering high school, realizing that high school is not like TV and Zach Morris is trash. For what it's worth, though, I actually like to see Mineta as he goes throughout the series and actually, just like, just like, it's, it's worth noting that for all the characters in the series, Everybody progresses and becomes, figures out what kind of heroes they want to be. I do appreciate that Mineta does actually get counted in this. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I look at Mineta the, the same way, the same condescending way that um, Colossus looks at Deadpool <laughs> in a Deadpool film, where he'll do something really questionable or he'll say some stupid shit. And I, and I look at Mineta the same way Colossus looks at Deadpool and I just say, we'll make a hero out of you yet, Mineta. <laughs> Someday. I hold out hope for Mineta, even though I know he's probably going to disappoint me. <laughs> but I, I don't know, I hold out hope for him. Yeah, I, I, I guess you can, I can see that. But also I gotta mention, like you mentioned earlier, his costume is hilariously stupid. <laughs> it's so hilariously bad. Like, going through this, like, he's, he's got, like, these big gloves that kind of look like uh, the mom's rubber gloves from Dexter's Laboratory. He's got a cowl that goes over his balls on his head. Like, I'm thinking, oh man, that's surely gonna strike fear into Gotham's underworld. Got a little, like, dinky yellow cape. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he has a cape, which is, the first, which is your biggest problem. <laughs> We've been over this, no capes. 
and of and of course the trunks the the freaking diaper it looks like wears. he's wearing a diaper what everywhere is up with the diaper <laughs> what the fuck is that it's so great. like it's so bad like i i looked at it so many times trying to like unravel the meaning behind this costume because like we said horikoshi like they're as like put real meaning behind everyone's costume like I'm just looking at that diaper and going like, okay, what is this supposed to be? Actually, he did give one explanation for the costume a little bit. Oh, really? All of the purple dots on that, like, diaper thing, those are actually um, contact points where he can, um... Well, his, it, we should probably explain his quirk now. His quirk is the ability... He has the power to pop those little grape things off his head, which can then stick to enemies. And uh, the balls are super sticky on everything else, but on his own body, though, they just bounce off. Yes. Now, he did explain that the, the gloves in his costume are actually made with um, material that will actually allow the balls to pop off, like, bounce off of his body, just like they would if he was, like, physically touching something. Yeah. But the purple dots on his diaper thing <laughs> can actually stick to his um, grape pop things. Okay. So he can actually, like, pop them all off at once, put them on, like, his utility belt, I guess. <laughs> and then he can he can pull those off and kind of toss those. Okay. So, yeah, his costume bounces off of the pop, great pop things, <laughs> and uh, he can also kind of keep them on his body. Okay. So there is a purpose. Still stupid, <laughs> but there's a purpose. I'm also kind of thinking design-wise for the diaper that, okay, it's kind of big and round and bulbous. It kind of looks like a bowl, and his head looks like grapes, so a bowl of grapes, maybe. I don't know. That's the only thing I can think about it design-wise. Right, right. It's it, it's odd. It's very odd. Even though we're stuck with this creep, at least we're uh, at least we have best frog girl Sue with us. So yeah, take the good with the bad. Yeah, exactly. So Deku and company figure out that the uh, Leaky Weegy here is after All Might, so they need to stop him, them one way or another. Our three heroes, well, two heroes and a shitlord, <laughs> are trapped on a ship surrounded by water-based villains. Meanwhile, All Might is in his weakened form, tries to go see the students, unaware of the situation, but instead he is stopped. By Principal Nezu, played here by Jerry Jewell. Uh, can you explain this guy right here, <laughs> Principal Nezu? <laughs> yeah, he does. Horikoshi doesn't really explain this in the series, but yeah, Nezu is uh, a rare case of an animal manifesting a quirk, which is which he explains is very rare in nature. And with Nezu, it just so happens that his quirk involved human intelligence. Mm. <laughs> but it's 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 funny that like Horikoshi never gives out what exactly <laughs> what, what animal he is, and Nezu doesn't even know. <laughs> Am I a rat? Am I a lemur? Am I an otter? Am I a dog? Fuck it, who cares? <laughs> I'm Nezu. <laughs> and I love Jerry Jewell's performance here. Like he's just so wonderfully upbeat about everything like oh all might why don't you stick around have a cup of tea with me oh he's wonderful he's delightful he's a great principal and i love his uh his outfit with like his waistcoat the kind of jay hunter from osw review waistcoat and he's got like regular running shoes on him so he's so it's just horribly mismatched <laughs> he's, he's just really great and he gets even better as we see the series goes on back at the usj some students and 13 are still duking it out with kurogiri so 13 comes up with an idea to send Ida to go get help since he's the fastest. Ida feels bad about leaving everyone behind to fend for themselves, but it's the job of a true hero to save others, which is what he needs to do. Back at the shipwreck zone, Mineta is more likely putting his diaper to good use as he's freaking the fuck out about all these water villains surrounding him. <laughs> what the fuck with that diaper? <laughs> well, it's super appropriate because he's shitting himself right now. Do you think he has like a little flap where like he can 
go behind a tree and release it when he gets full. Well, like, superheroes, they probably gotta use the bathroom sometimes, so yeah, they probably gotta have some kind of hole like that. It's like a, it's like a space suit where it has, like, it built in. (laughs) (laughs) It just beeps and goes off whenever he uses it. (laughs) Deku realizes that even though everyone is separated, the villains don't know what each kid's quirk is. Otherwise, why would they send Sue, a frog girl, to this zone surrounded by water? And so the three discuss their quirks, as we mentioned before, Mineta has the, the ability to uh, pop the little grape balls off his head to stick to others. And Sue can do anything a frog can do. You know, Toad from Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought. <laughs> and I'm just, I, once, I, I can't let go of Mineta. Like, I look at this guy with this power, this costume, this everything about him. <laughs> How do you get into the hero course again? Uh, another thing Horikoshi had to explain <laughs> off-panel, <laughs> because the questions with this guy never end. <laughs> he, he explained that, like, in the hero test, it, it wasn't that you had to destroy the robots, you just had to uh, immobilize them, so he just, like, threw his, uh, great, his, like, pop-off things into um, the barrels of guns and, like, you know, stuck the robots to the ground, and that's how he immobilized them and score points. Then again, he didn't make it into, like, the top ten list that I showed you. And I think it was in like another um, like test course or something. Oh, so maybe that like that list that I took a picture of was like for that specific zone. Yeah, that might have been. Okay, because I was thinking, because looking at that list, there we see some of these heroes later on, and they're like way better and more deserving of like a hero course spot than Mineta. Well, it's revealed later in the series that Todoroki took his uh, test completely like somewhere else, and ah, he wasn't okay. destroying robots or anything. Okay. Well, the Mineta was, so it was kind of explained. Okay. It's still, it's still kind of BS. I know there's there's a lot of questions that come up with this guy, but yeah. we, we don't have all the time here to go through them. Yeah, but credit to Horikoshi for at least giving us a kayfabe reason as to why he's here. Yeah, good job. Thank you. You didn't have to, but hey, good on you. So the villains start to sink the ship, so Mineta, in a panic, throws his balls at them. He, he whips it out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Deku notices that the villains are avoiding them, and this gives him an idea, so a light bulb goes off in his head. Then we have Deku leap off the ship, uses a one-for-all finger flick, a Delaware smash, to create a whirlpool in the water, and then Mineta throws more of his balls into the whirlpool, and then as the water rushes back together with all the villains stuck inside it, they all get caught up in the sticky balls, and then they're all subdued and captured. Very clever. And then Sue grabs the both of them, and they leap away to safety. Yeah, this is just so clever. I can't get over... Like, it's not just these battles, it's pretty much... Every battle in the series always ends with, like, a clever ending. Like, it just goes, ah, man, this, the character used their smarts to actually overcome these odds. Yeah, no battle in the series feels like a cop-out. It always feels very smartly won. Yeah, just, ah, this is this is great booking and planning here, Horikoshi. Fucking good on you. <laughs> Ooh, strong. And now we're on to episode 11, Game Over. Let's see how the other students are handling themselves. As we see, Todoroki has mopped the floor with a bunch of baddies in the landslide zone. And as we mentioned before, he only uses the ice side of his quirk, while despite having both ice and fire. So hold on to that. Using his power, he tries to get some info about the attacks, and this will play later on into this into the season. Meanwhile, in the mountain zone, Yayorozu, Jiro, and Kaminari have their hands full with a bunch of villains too. And we get to see their quirks on full display as Jiro's quirk is Earphone Jack, which allows her to amplify sound waves via the auxiliary cord cables that are hanging from her ears. And she's got, like, speakers in her boots so that she can hook them up and then she can amplify the sound of her heartbeat and then just blow enemies away. Genius. And, she, and then also during the uh, combat training, we can see she can use them to uh, listen in through the walls. Very clever. 
Then we have uh, your girl, Yayorozu, her quirk creation. And as you mentioned, she can create any non-living object as long as she knows the uh, molecular makeup. Hence why she actually has that, uh, is that the reason why she has that book on her uh, costume? Like, Yeah, it's it's a book with like a magnetic clip spine so that she can look up um, elemental compositions so that she can make stuff. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, very, very fitting for a knowledgeable character, for someone who needs knowledge in order to use their quirk. Yeah. And last but not least, Kaminari's quirk, electrification, allows him to shoot out electricity, but if he overuses it, he'll fry his brain and turn into a blithering nincompoop for a while. <laughs> and we get to see this on full display as uh, Yayorozu creates uh, a blanket for her and uh, Jiro to cover up, and then... Right, he, she creates an insulated blanket, and then she tells Kaminari to just go wild, and he releases this giant electric shockwave... <laughs> which immobilizes all the enemies. And then afterwards, <laughs> Jiro and Yayorotsu look over at him and are like, hey, good job! And he's like, Ugh. He's just drooling from the mouth, smiling, and just giving a thumbs up, going, hoo 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 I did a good job. <laughs> I love that so much. Like, anytime I see a gif of Kaminari just giving the double thumbs up in his uh, dopey state, it just, it just brings a smile to my face. Oh. <laughs> I just need that on, like, a motivational poster, just Kaminari giving the thumbs up. It, it, it gets you through the day. <laughs> it really does. So, meanwhile, meanwhile, Bakugo and Kirishima take care of some villains, no problem, thanks to Bakugo's explosions and Kirishima's quirk, his uh, quirk to harden his body to almost like a rock light state. And thus, a bromance for the ages begins. <laughs> okay, these guys really do get do become well. It's it's their their friendship isn't too obvious at times, but a clear it, it's clearly seen that Bakuko prefers the company of Kirishima yeah. over anyone else. Yeah, and also uh, I should probably mention this now: Kirishima, uh, gay icon, if you will. <laughs> yes. Like, the way this works is that uh, he's a he's a very manly man. He loves anything very, like, masculine and manly. And in Japanese culture, apparently, one who, like, over, like, exerts manliness and, like, loves everything so manly is someone who is, more often than not, uh, homosexual. Oh, I see. Like, the kind of... So, it's, so it's sort of like a macho, macho, macho man. man. Yeah, kind yeah. Kind of a... Yeah, very... I want to be <laughs> a macho man. Very much a village people sort of thing. <laughs> And, like, you you see posts on, like, Tumblr all the time of, like, people, like, seeing Kirishima as very much a gay icon. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not? It kind of works. It works. It's yeah. Fun. Why not? I, for one, welcome gay icon Kirishima. <laughs> so we also get to see that Bakugo completely trusts his classmates when it comes to dealing with these baddies. So he's he's kind of warming up to, to this group here. It will. Well, it's going to take a it's long It's going to take time. a long time, but... It's going to take a long time for him to warm up to everyone. But, but he's, he's starting. He knows that, like, okay, if I can deal with these guys, then the rest of the class, they can handle themselves pretty well. Right. So back with Aizawa, he's kicking major ass, but then he comes face-to-face, -face, or face-to-hands, with Shigaraki, who uses this quirk, which uh, he can cause anything he touches to decay. And he does this by, like... Causing Aizawa's elbow to decay, and we just get to see the skin break off, and we just see the muscle tissue and the blood, and it just looks so gross. Oh, yeah, it's that reminder that not all quirks are so pretty. Yeah. And that's not the worst of it, as Shigaraki's not the final boss here. 
It's his large, lumbering, brain-exposed friend, Nomu, a bioengineered anti-symbol apiece. Oh yeah, Shigaraki has got himself a ringer here. He's got a bit of a toy here. Back to the fight with Kurogiri, he turns 13's uh, black hole quirk as 13 has the ability to open up a little hole in, in their finger and then causes it to uh, basically open up a mini black hole. But then Kurogiri uses his warp to uh, open up a warp portal behind 13, so having 13 use their own quirk against them. Oof, nasty. Yeah. With no time left, Ida makes a break for the exit, and Kurugiri gives chase, but Uraraka finds Kurugiri's physical body underneath his black void and floats him up to the air. Then Saro uses his tape quirk, shoots, shoots some tape from his elbows to wrap him up, which then leads Sato to grab the tape and then swings Kurugiri away, giant swing Cesaro style, and then gives Ida the opening to leave the USJ and call for help. So well played. Uh, teamwork makes the dream work here. So yeah, Bakugo was right to trust his classmates. They got they got this. Yeah, we're doing good here. Though, you know who isn't doing good? Aizawa. As Nomu is absolutely beating the ever-loving piss out of him. Just, it's really hard to watch, especially as he's on top of Aizawa, and he's just slamming his face into the concrete. It's, it's like he, so like gruesome. He's, like, if he's not going to blink for anything else, he'll blink for this. <laughs> yeah, and like, even Aizawa mentions that, like, he's looking right at Nomu, and like, even though he's nullifying the quirk, He's, Nomu's just still physically strong. This isn't a superpower, this is just physical strength. Right, this this guy isn't human, he's just a freak. Oh my god. So, Kurogiri arrives to tell Shigaraki about Ida going to get help, and he doesn't like it. Not one bit. Looks like it's game over. Haha, <laughs> episode title drop. Ah. And back to the title screen, but before they leave, they want to wreck All Might's pride. They want to destroy him emotionally, and the way they do this is that Shigaraki jumps straight towards Deku and company who have been watching this from the shoreline after they escape the shipwreck zone, and he immediately tries to go after Sue just to finish them off. But luckily, Aizawa just had enough strength left in him to nullify Shigaraki's quirk at that last moment. Just, it's it's a pulse-pounding moment right there. Ooh, yeah. Especially how fast Shigaraki goes straight for Sue. Yeah, because like he's he looks gangly, but he can he can quite he can actually move. Yeah, so Deku goes to smash Shigaraki, and his arm didn't break. Oh, is he improving? Ah, no, he just hit Nomu, and it didn't hurt him. He just absorbed the hit. Oh. So now they're really, really boned until All Might arrives in the nick of time. <laughs> <laughs> just crashes right in, no smile on his face, and he's just like, have no fear, I am fucking pissed. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like this game's going to get a continue. And we're on to episode 12, All Might, the penultimate episode of season 1, and All Might's on to kick some ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> he just he just bursts right in, and he's just like, time for, I'm the teacher, like the teacher's in, time for some discipline. <laughs> now you are the ones who are boned. <laughs> Who's ready for some detention? <laughs> All Might saves Aizawa along with Deku, Sue, and unfortunately Mineta. Now it's time to confront Shigaraki. Though before All Might can get him, he's got to face off with Nomu, who, like with Deku Smash, absorbs all of his attacks. He's a walking shock absorber, so to say. The students are confident in All Might, though, like, ah, he can handle this, he's, he's had worse. But Deku knows that he's still worn out from the earlier hero work, and this isn't going to be easy. 
All Might tries to take Nomu to Suplex City, but Kurogiri opens up a portal in the ground to save Nomu, and then opens up a reverse portal underneath All Might, so Nomu's head and the upper half of his body can go up to All Might's back and just go right for his weak point, the uh, side of his body that got injured in that past fight. Yeah, villains really showing just that they can be just as smart as the heroes here, and even more brutal. That's even scarier. He's in trouble now, so Deku leaves Aizawa to sue and Mineta and goes to protect All Might. He tries to attack, but Kurugiri steps in the way, but then suddenly, Bakugo saves Deku! And Todoroki arrives too after getting all the details from the other villains. He And then he freezes Nomu in place so All Might can get right out of his grip. And now the heroes have the advantage, so ha <laughs> what now, Shigaraki? Uh, what you gonna do now, handboy? <laughs> Well, Shigaraki shows us that what now is he still has Nomu, and even though Nomu's leg and arm broke off after being frozen by Todoroki, it turns out he can regenerate. Ooh, he's got another quirk. Oh boy, this this is gonna be tough. Yeah. So he's basically a highly efficient punching bag that can punch back. All Might tells the gang to get out of here while he takes care of Nomu by himself. Only downside is... All Might just, ha just has about one minute left in his powered-up form. So we get that one big final fight between All Might and Nomu. Nomu, Kurogiri, kill him. I'll deal with the children. I'm afraid that I barely have a minute left in this form. My power's declining faster than I thought it would. Let's clear this level and go home. Even so, I have to stop these villains. Heads up, we're fighting after all. Because I am. The world's symbol of peace and justice! One of his powers is shock absorption. Yeah? What about it? He's gonna fight that brain guy head on? Whoa, they're so fast! No! I can't get near them! He said your quirk was only shock absorption, not nullification! There's a limit to what you can take, right? So you are made to fight me, big guy. If you can really withstand me firing at 100% of my power, then I'll have to go beyond that and force you to surrender! He's giving it his all, even though he's injured. Those aren't just random punches, either. They're targeted. And every single one of them... ...is more than 100% of his power!
heard these words before, but I'll teach you what they really mean! Go beyond! Plus! Everything is shaking! What was that? Um, did a villain just fly by? Or am I going crazy? It was that brain dude. Such power. Oh, that's all might for you. That's why he's the most amazing hero in the entire world! was like the finishing move in a video game. He beat the shock absorption right out of him. I've never seen that kind of brute strength. Imagine having power like that. He must have been punching that monster so fast he couldn't regenerate. He really is the best. That's how you get to be a pro. He did it. I really have gotten weaker. Back in my heyday, five hits would have been enough to knock that guy out. But today, it took more than 300 mighty blows. Holy and shit. And it's a slugfest. Oh my god, like, this is what it truly means to go beyond plus ultra style. All Might just begins to, like, pummel the guy constantly. It's like a JoJo fight. He just He's just unrelenting. Just going... <laughs> <laughs> well, what's his... Wow, but he has a logic here, doesn't he? Yep, he keeps punching him repeatedly so hard and so fast that Nomu doesn't have enough time to regenerate. And he just keeps wailing and wailing and wailing on him until he sends him flying... Through the through the air, through the ceiling of the USJ, and all this happening while Yusei Ron is playing again, so making it even more awesome, and then Nomu gets sent flying Team Rocket style. Away. Oh, and that like inspirational line from All Might as well is just the cherry on top. Oh my god, and I just love that after the end of this he goes like, <laughs> in my earlier days that would have taken five punches to defeat. I guess I'm kind of starting to slow down a bit. <laughs> So now it's game over, Shigaraki. <laughs> and we're on to episode 13, so it's about game over for season 1, as this is the finale to the season. But Shigaraki's not willing to accept defeat here. He cheated. Hacks! I call hacks! You were totally <laughs> using a game shark at this moment. I see that game genie in your pocket, All Might. <laughs> Shigaraki is about ready to like make a very angry post on Reddit. <laughs> Oh man, if only he had a special melee controller that could help him win this battle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's what I like about Shigaraki. He kind of starts out like he's... I don't know, he he kind of starts out like he's just like this like angry little troll or something. Doesn't really have anything to fight for other than just like being evil for the lols. But, yeah. I don't know. His journey is one of my favorites in this uh, series, though. Oh, it's a very good one, especially in the later seasons of the anime. Oh, definitely. Unfortunately for All Might, he's about all out of time, and one more attack will cause him to go back to his Small Might form. He, he just needs to buy time until more heroes show up. Kurogiri sees this and assures Shigaraki that they can kill All Might here and now. They rush All Might when suddenly, Deku jumps in to save him, breaking his legs in the process, and goes for one last desperation smash. But Kurogiri opens up a warp gate, 
and Shigaraki reaches through the warp gate and then opens up another warp gate in front of Deku's face and then he just goes to like crush his face right then and there. But then reinforcements finally arrive. The pro heroes send the Leaky Weegee packing and it's game over for realsies this time. Shigaraki and Kurogiri escape through the warp gate and Shigaraki vows that he'll get you next time, All Might. Next time! Yes! And back at the Leaky Weegee's hideout, Shigaraki bleeds out on the floor as he was shot by uh, another pro hero snipe earlier in the knees, so he got kneecapped. Eesh, God. And then he receives a message from a mysterious being via a uh, little television screen in this little uh, bar area hideout they have. Shigaraki tells this mysterious man that uh, they were just so close to killing All Might had it not been for Deku stepping in. <laughs> and that really sticks in his craw, just like that kid jumping in there. God damn that kid. <laughs> Shigaraki just like reeling from his pain. Kurigiri! Get the beef eater! I gotta dress this wound! <laughs> and I need a stiff drink! <laughs> and he also mentions to this uh, mystery man that uh, Deku had powers similar to All Might's. And that catches uh, Man of Mystery's attention here, so... <laughs> what's... what's all this then? What will be in store? Back at the USJ, all the remaining villains are all rounded up and arrested, and all the injured, including Deku and All Might, are tensing to. During this, we're introduced to Naomasa Sukeichi, played here by Alejandro Saab, who is basically like the Commissioner Gordon to uh, All Might's Batman. Yeah, like he knows his identity and he's like very familiar with him. Yeah, they work very much together while Sukeichi works on like the police side while All Might works on the hero side, so they kind of work hand in hand. Yeah, it's a good relationship. He tells All Might that because of their heroism, everyone was safe and All Might commends Class 1A for holding their own against real villains and believes that these kids will truly be something special. Hell, even you two, Mineta, you two can be special. Well, special something. Yeah. <laughs> All's well that ends well as Season 1 of My Hero Academia comes to a close, with things looking up for these kids, especially our boy, Izuku Deku Midoriya. But huh, what was this? post credit scene. As though while things are looking up, this is only the beginning. Something even worse is on the horizon as we see a mysterious, creepy figure standing above the city, kind of licking his chops a bit, holding a knife, looking very, very weird, creepy, and disheveled. Like he can't wait to carve this society up. But that is a story for another day. And so, we have come to the end, so final thoughts... Oh, my do we even need to one. say it? This is a fucking spectacular first season. It is. <laughs> it hits all. It hits all. It hits all the right bars here. It's got the. It's got the pathos. It's got the character. It's. It's got the action. It's. This is a really good shonen. It so is. I, I truly consider My Hero Academia to be, like, the second best shonen out there, like, just behind One Piece. Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. Oh, it's, it's, it's really deserving of that uh, replacement slot within, like, the big three of manga. Yeah, it's so deserving. Yeah, because as I mentioned in the uh, Black Clover episode, our previous episode, uh, by the time My Hero came around, both Naruto was done and Bleach was almost done. So that's two of the big three done, so we needed someone to fill, fill those voids. But God, it's just so tightly written. It's it's got such good characterizations going on. The battles are so smartly written. Everything about it, it just 
makes it so rewarding in the long run to read. And still to this day, I'm finding ways to be, I'm finding new ways to be amazed by what Horikoshi is doing with the series. Oh, absolutely. Like, for me, watching this again, like, this is probably, like, what, my fourth time going through this season? (laughs) (laughs) But, like, after coming off us doing Black Clover in our previous episode, I go into My Hero Academia Season 1, I'm just like, this is more like it. Like, I needed this. I needed to see what good shonen is. And not only is this good, not only is this great, not only is this awesome, but My Hero Academia is absolutely glorious. Oh, that it is, my friend. That it is. This is how you fucking do shonen right. Just wonderful cast from top to bottom. That They can be goofy and quirky, pun intended. But I can take them seriously, and I want to root for them. Like, not like Black Clover, where they're walking jokes. Like, sure, these characters have, like, their funny little bits and gags, but I still love them, and they're so, still so endearing to him, to me. Even some of the worst ones. And, and of course, these uh, usual shticks with these characters, they don't overtake them. Like, they just, they just, they're just one small part of them, who they really are. Yeah, no, all the, all the humor in the series comes quite naturally, and from the characters' personalities, and everybody bounces off each other really well. It's, it all feels very, all the relationships in the series feel very naturally written. Especially with 1A, like, uh, these group of, like, kids and misfits and just, like, the new top hero, soon-to-be top heroes, like, they come up as very, they have, like, a very good close-knit bond to them. They're very, they're very familial in a way. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I just appreciate that they're, like, they ha- like, like they're not clicky. They're, they're, yeah. just, they're just all really cool with each other and actually, like, enjoy each other's company and carry each other on. Like, this is a very, like, wholesome, like, group of characters and very supportive like with uh they're so supportive they're so emotionally supportive towards each other yeah like when earlier on when deku was voted class rep but he was like no i don't want to do this let ida do it and they're like okay yeah we believe you deku Ida can do it ida's great yeah even like the even the sour and dour looking ones can even like impress you with how supportive they are with each other and especially the girls of 1a like this is probably some of the best female cast in any shonen i've ever seen you've said i've heard you say in the past that there is no best girl in my hero academia because they're all best they're girl. all best girl like there's no point to that question like i may say mina is my favorite i say she's best girl but really i love all of them yeah I, they're all really lovable i love Araka, i love yayarozu i love sue i love hagakure I just love everybody in this. And of course, Deku is one of the best shonen protags since Luffy, since you brought up One Piece. Like, he's one of the best. He's incredibly lovable. And it, and you just want to root for him. Like, and even though he's, like, super, super powerful, he's still got a long ways to go, and you just want to see this hero's journey for him. Yeah, he's an incredibly written underdog, and you really want to see, like, just how far he'll go in life. In the Black Clover episode, I mentioned, like, the series was, like, you know, like the Lex Luger or like the Diesel. Well, this series, this is the Daniel Bryan of Shonen right here, the lovable underdog. Precisely. And of course, Bakugo, like, honestly, one of the best Shonen ri- rivals ever, really. Like, you can make an argument that he's one of the best out there. He really is. He really is. Like, definitely up there with, like, say, Vegeta from Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. And of course, the English dub is like, this is one of the best dubs, like, I've ever really heard, like... It's so good, like, I don't even listen to the Japanese version of the show. I just watch the show straight dubbed anytime and anywhere. Oh, it's a fantastic job. Just bravo to director Colin Klinkenbeard and the rest of the cast and crew. They all did a a bang-up job. Incredible job. Like, overall, this season, like, it made the great first impression, like, when I first saw this. And not just a first impression for me or you, but for, like, anime fandom as a whole, as we've seen this series, like, rise in popularity over the past few years. 
and not only not only did it earn this praise, but it freaking deserved it. You deserve it. You deserve it. And this is only the beginning, my friends. And spoiler alert, we'll be back to cover more of this show in the near future. We're gonna yeah, do- why not? We'll do season two. We'll do season three. We'll do season four eventually. Like, we- we'll come back to My Hero in the future. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode. Thank you so much. I've been your host, Mikey. And you can find me at my social medias, at Mikey Shiota on Twitter and MikeyShiota.tumblr.com. And where can we find you, Ryan? You can find me at WolfishGrin on Twitter and WolfishGrin on Tumblr, except spelled differently. Follow the show's Twitter at Anime underscore Baybay. That's Anime underscore B-A-Y-B-A-Y. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please send them to AnimeBaybayPod at gmail.com. That's AnimeBaybayPod at gmail.com. Stay tuned for more heroics in the future. And this has been... Anime, Anime baby! baby. Yeah.